here today not just to talk about the future of this company. We're here to talk about its destiny. We're here to talk about the end of the world. We stand on the brink of Armageddon, diseases for which we have no cure. Fundamentalist states who call for our destruction, nuclear powers over which we have no control. And even if we navigate these dangerous waters, we face other, even more inevitable threats. Global warming will melt the polarized gaps within 80 years, flooding 90% of all habitable areas on Earth. Unchecked population growth will overtake food production in less than 50 years, leading to famine and war. This is not conjecture. This is fact. One way or another, our world is coming to an end. Now the question is, will we end with it? What do you propose? I propose that we end the world, but on our terms. My name is Boss Tuna, and I work for the Joe Blow Horror Show in a garage in an undisclosed location where I have lots of backlogged, unreleased episodes, and the problem is I don't have time to edit them. <laughs> this is my best impression of this movie. Yeah, but... 
slow motion. Yeah, but indeed. That wasn't slow enough. <laughs> no, let me do it like 10 more times. <laughs> there you go. Feel the runtime. Oh, it's going to be a long night, friends. Welcome back to the Joe Blow Horror Show. I am your host, Boss Tuna, and I am going to be uh, gang raped by three special guests tonight as I defend <laughs> this movie. And God I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight with all my might to tell you why this is a decent movie. But <laughs> as always, I am joined by oh, the knee tickler himself, the sweater vest mm. wearing in July, the mm-hmm. swamp donkey and our favorite herbal enchanter. We have Mr. Tibu in the house. How are you, buddy? Check, please. Stick a fork in me. I'm done. I, I, I made it halfway through this franchise and I'm I'm throwing in the towel. I quit Joe Blow Horror Show tonight. It's official. No, I'm kidding. Um, you can't get rid of me this easily, you son of a bitch. I see what you're trying to do. Uh, we're not the sisters. We're not here to do that to you. Okay, this ain't the Shawshank Redemp. But uh, yeah, we're gonna have a hell of a time talking about this, the fourth entry in this franchise. Jesus Christ. But I'm good. I'm here. But I'm not. Al- I'm. We're not alone, right? Huh? We're not alone. We're not alone. We're we're joined by two special guests, not one, but two for this episode, and they're going to be familiar guests. So, ladies first, we have a fellow horror podcaster. We have an actress. We have Carly Sonnefeld from Slumber Party Massacre, among others, who was recently in Crackcoon and Bathtub Shark Attack. Again, congrats on that. That's awesome. But we have Thanks. Carly in the house. What's up, Carly? Hey, yeah, thank you. Yeah, not much. It seems like not that long ago that we did that Conjuring show because um, I've been on all three. Yeah, this is my third mm-hmm. summer thing with you guys. So I'm honored, kind of. I mean, <laughs> you know, the movies, <laughs> that's one thing. But, you know, just being with you guys, that's that's a, that's a blessing in itself. So, Yeah. I'm glad we're able to work it out. It's just getting more difficult to get a hold of you going through agents and all that type of stuff, but I'm glad. Yeah. You're... I like to keep it low key. I mean, it's just, I'd have people swarming my house. If not, you know, <laughs> well, that paparazzi, just... man, Gee. paparazzi out yeah. the ass. Yeah. Oh, uh, editing cue put in the song paparazzi right now. Just kidding. But <laughs> la- <laughs> lastly, we have returning coming out of the, just a big puff of gray smoke in the corner. We have Mr. Mike Merriman, No More Room in Hell presents Fresh Cuts, among other projects. Mike Merriman, thank you for joining us again. Welcome back to the Joe Blow Horror Show. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up? Thanks, man. Uh, My guest appearances are a little uh, shorter these days. I don't get around as much, but uh, I'm glad to be back here. It was a hell of a fun time last summer, so I'm looking forward to... uh, I wish I was talking about the movie that the trailer is showing me right now on IMDb because I'm like, that looks like an actually decent, exciting movie. So uh, <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be interesting once we start actually talking about it, though. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thanks. Thanks yep. for the invite again. Yeah, no problem. And and like I said, once you guys are in, you're you're in. So, I mean, you're, you're kind of committed and you don't even know what movie franchise we're going to be talking about next year. But I mean, buckle up. It's just beginning. It's just beginning. So. What brings you fine listeners here is the fourth installment in the franchise. We are well underway in the story of Alice against Umbrella, against the T-Virus. And 
this episode, Resident Evil Afterlife, Summer Under the Umbrella. See what we did there? Yeah, umbrella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna just get right into it here. We're gonna talk about this movie, and I feel like it's gonna be like a panel. Um, I will be. Oh, I was gonna make a joke, but that wouldn't be that funny. I was gonna make like a presidential debate joke, but some, some treading some water right there. So, but no, yeah. in all seriousness, we're gonna talk about this movie, and we're gonna find out where everyone falls in here as the saga continues. But my throat's already getting dry; it's parched. Been running from zombies all friggin' day. I don't know about you guys, but we're in the middle of like a heat wave, and in Iowa here, it's been bad this week. Working on roofs today, sweating like a nun at a cucumber farm all friggin' day, sitting in this garage that's unfinished without AC in it. And I got my fan going, but I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. So we're gonna head we're gonna head to California though. We're not going to the hive today. We go on off coast, offshore. Don't drink the salt water that Brian will fucking kill you. You think you're dehydrated now, motherfucker. We're going you're the captain of the Pooner Schooner. You better you better be able to sell this ship because we're heading to the SS Arcadia. Ooh. Now you gotta put in like some kind of like bumping club awesome. music. Yeah, more yeah. fucking editing work for Boss Tuna. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Great. We're going to the Arcadia. Ships ahoy, bitch. Let's do it. Ships ahoy? Ships ahoy. Mm. See what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> One beer. Two beers. Three beers. A shot of whiskey. A margarita and a bloody Mary. I'll start us off. Oh since, man, it must be a is... nightmare. Uh, I was gonna say no. It must be a nightmare recording in your in your garage during the summer. I used to record in my garage too, but once it hits summer months here, it just gets too unbearable. No airflow and just beating down on you the heat. So, uh, man, kudos to you for surviving that. Don't give him anything. Don't give him any props. Let him sweat it off. He's been trying to sweat it all out. Get back to his bodybuilder bod. Right? Huh? Huh? Working on You're drinking beer, too. I see you. Yeah, yeah, you're working on it real good. Sit back at a time. We fell off the rails for a little bit there. Oh, fucking A. A few days ago, but... I'm recording outside in Louisiana. I understand how it is. I'm getting tore the fuck up by mosquitoes and shit. Crocodiles are nipping at my heels. Or alligators. Say, you, whatever you only, the fuck we have. The only exposed skin you have is like in between your eyes and that giant forehead. So I don't know where they're biting you. You got like just the thickest coat on. Mm-hmm. I'm not that hairy, you son of a bitch. All right. I'm going to start us off tonight. Um, Captain, bring me around. I want some of that. Starboard. I've been, I've, I've, yeah, well, yeah, whatever. I, I switched my game up. I don't drink Voodoo Rangers hardly ever anymore. Now I'm doing this. Oh, the beer hug. Tropical, tropical bear hug. The, look at that boy. Look at his sunglasses. They fucking dope. He's got those those hater blockers on, and these things give me the uh, the liquid courage I need to tackle the fourth installment in a franchise that might have been better left dead. Well, I got something special for you guys. I always kind of try to like pair sick beer or like cover art or something with the episode. But this one here, if you can see that little ghost in the laboratory. So I'm I like wondering. that. This this movie is just straight up laboratory type. So I'm like, oh, it kind of fits. 
But I've never a lot had of labs. Before. Equilibrium Brewery. Ghost in the Laboratory. Double India Pale Ale. Beer enhanced by science. Hashtag follow the science for a good buzz. Eight and a half percent by volume. No You're about to get infected with the T virus, cause drinking all that shit. I hope so. Oh, where's uh, where's uh, uh, where's Equilibrium Brewery brewing uh, based out of? Oh, Equilibrium, blah blah blah. It's uh, Middleton, New York. Middletown, <laughs> Middleton. I'm guessing it's pronounced Middleton. Probably. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Middleton, New York. Uh, your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. Does it have a Does it have a W in it? Yeah. It looks like Middletown, but I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Middleton. Mm. That's silly. Um, New York. Of our three gonna... listeners, which is, you know, my mom and dad and brother, I don't think. Hi, everybody. Familiar. <laughs> R- R- Ricky, Ricky is he's skipping this episode. Rick, yeah, Ricky's skipping this episode. I don't think they know where that is, so we can't get uh, affirmation on that. So, um. Our lovely co-hosts, guests, are you guys uh, DDing tonight or are you sharing anything? I'm DDing tonight. I got to work in the morning, unfortunately. So T- I'm uh, responsible. And I've never DDed in my life, just so you know, like in my real life, I've never, <laughs> never been trusted to do that. But tonight for you guys, I'm going to do it. So you're saying this isn't real life? Uh, I mean, well, well oh, no, oh, okay. no, no. I mean. Hey, come on. This is the fake Matrix. She took the red pill before this episode. Mm. And that's it. No, I'm, I'm I'm serious, too. That's a tie into tonight's movie. It's the fake Matrix. Mm-hmm. I was waiting yeah. for that. We made it. Oh, there, there's going to be a lot of it. A lot of it. <laughs> that's is. exactly what I had thought while watching the movie. Yeah. That exact. Yeah. Terminology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fake Matrix. Crazy. Okay. okay. Uh, Mr. Merriman, what about you, sir? So I do have work tomorrow, but since I don't drive to work, I currently have a remote job at home. So I decided to decided to grab a can for the occasion. Uh, last time I actually had like a horror related beer, but this Remember time it was a I didn't pumpkin re- stout, I believe, or something. Yeah, it was a like a Friday Thirteenth theme on it. Something, so yeah. this year it, we're like about a half a month before all like the October beers start hitting in like mid July. So instead of a horror theme, I went with a summer theme because it's in the middle of the dog days of summer out here at least. So uh, if you growing up, you know, you would uh, have like the ice cream man come down your street. And oh ice yeah. Cream truck. And one mm-hmm. of the, uh, one of like the popular popsicles would be like the Astro pop. So uh, track seven out here, which is a microbrewery, they uh, they do a sour beer. That's a take on the Astro Pop called the Blast Pop. I don't know if my camera oh, can yeah. unblur, but you can tell by the, at least the colors yep. of the can. Um, so it's a sour with uh, cherry, lemon and blue raspberry flavor in it. That sounds um, chat and I got something great. to tell you. Dude, yeah, it's really it's really tasty. That's around a, that's around a- here, we call those bomb pops. Bomb, bomb pops. pops yeah i think that's I've like a nostalgic like thing pops too because kind of the shape could be like a rocket yeah that's what we call them in louisiana rocket pops huh yeah. everyone's got their own own thing yeah man that's that fourth of july action right there what you got <laughs> rocket popper yeah definitely rocket popsicle yeah, see yeah same thing Ooh. yeah Woo. nice you broke nice. it out just to put it back up what the fuck what in the good god 
okay, guys, for real, like, let's mutiny and throw him overboard. Let's do that, right? We're on the SS Arcadia. <laughs> we don't have to go through with this. No. I can yeah. I can be the new captain, even though I'm the, I'm drinking. I'm going to be drunk as fuck, but I'll steer us in the right direction. Oh, wait, he's Let's, coming back. Everyone, okay. shh. Uh, that later. must be like uh, a popular... I hear you talking shit, you hobbit. <laughs> huh? No. <laughs> Me? No, never. Uh, that I can't must wait be like to a talk popular, about this. Uh, uh, summer deal, because I've seen a couple different breweries rolling that type of stuff, so... Oh, for sure. I, I if if you look around, like so many breweries do, like variations because it's like, it's just. I mean, it's it's pretty common sense. A lot of people are going to come up with similar ideas, so they probably just have to be like, how do we name it just so differently? So we're not getting <laughs> trademark soon. Yeah. Bomb pop, Mike's, rocket pop, something like that. Mike's hard lemonade, rocket pop. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It'll it'll get there. So mm-hmm. perfect. Rocket oh. pop me. Rocket pop me before I infect you with my T virus. Let let's go. The T boo virus. Yeah, let's mm-hmm. uh let's steer this ship uh and let's head down to the 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 no the galleys the that's where we eat cafeteria. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fuck it. We're watching this in the galley. We're just gonna projectiles projectile projector <laughs> screen in the galley. <laughs> Grab your beers and popcorn. It's fucking. Let's just go. We're gonna make. We're gonna we're gonna take a a quick break here. You guys are gonna hear the trailer for Resident Evil Afterlife. We'll be right back. Five years ago, a virus escaped and everybody died. You're out there. There is hope. My name is Alice. Okay, so Resident Evil Afterlife. We're going to go do a little roundtable here real quick, like get you guys' initial thoughts and ratings. But I'm going to do this a little bit different because the gentleman that I am, I usually will have like guests and ladies go first. But I'm, I'm taking a scientific approach to this, okay? It's going to be handled a lot better than the T-virus and COVID was. So my thoughts on this are <laughs> I'm going to go first because... It's going to be like the sandwich effect, you know, so I'm going to, I'm going to bring us up and we're going to have, we're going to ride that high for a little bit. And then you guys are going to bring us back down. We're going to plateau 
And then at the end, I'm going to go at the very end to give the rating. So then I'll bring us back up. So we're going to end on on a good note. It's going to be like a wave Wait, walk. We're giving our ratings at the beginning? No. Just oh. just, just, just follow my lead. Just put your little uh, hand in my hand and I'll... I'll I, I am. I am. I'm just making sure because you said, let's get our initial thoughts and ratings. And I'm like, what the oh, fuck I, is he I say ratings. About? I didn't mean ratings. Our initial thoughts. Okay, so... Resident Evil Afterlife. I, I've been saying this like our listeners are just like sick of this by now, but I feel like we got two guests on here. I got to give a little context. This this is like one of my all time favorite franchises, and I am going to lean real heavy on the fact that James Cameron, when he has a go to movie, his guilty pleasure is the first Resident Evil. So that alone makes this <laughs> franchise a minimum of an eight out of 10. But anyways, I digress. So Re- Wait a I minute. Is, is that a is that a fact? That is a fact. Is it that was a James on a Reddit Cameron fact. It was it was on a Reddit AMA. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of nostalgia that plays into this because this came out when I was in college. The, all the movies and I, I just every year it came out. I went with my college buddies. We'd get all fucked up and go to them in the movie theater a bunch of times and shit. And it was just it just brings back great memories. I have the DVDs. I love it. Mila Jovovich was my wife at one point. She didn't know it, but we were kind of common law. But anyways uh super sexy still is today <laughs> to this day so i got a soft spot in my heart for these movies but resident evil afterlife this carries on the saga again i say it all the time when you look at these movies as far as a linear story instead of individual movies which i know is kind of cheating it it paints a good picture it has great character development this one here is the first one that tries out 3D. This was my favorite theater watch out of all of them because we saw it in 3D. And there were some really cool scenes we'll get to here in a little bit. But the shower scene, when they're fighting that big Silent Hill dude, that is like a 10 out of 10. That was so awesome in the theater. Just like his big axe meat tenderizer coming to chop him up and stuff. So anyways, I love the direction this one went as far as furthering the story, developing the arcadia a little bit more uh and then leaving that cliffhanger at the end so yeah i had a good time with this one brings back a lot of good memories fun action cheesy as fuck doesn't make sense in a lot of parts uh goofy some shitty wire work but entertainment value pretty high mike merriman when's the first time you saw resident evil afterlife well let's see i mean if we're setting up kind of like the general overlay of the franchise I grew up with the games first. I, I'm I'm that old. <laughs> nice. So when I when the too. first Resident Evil, yeah, when the first one was was announced, I was like really looking forward to it because it was one of my favorite video game franchises. At least at that point, when it was still mostly horror instead of action. So the first Resident Evil comes and goes, and I'm like, okay, it was good. Like I liked it. Uh, it wasn't everything I hoped it would be, but it was still good enough. Second one I liked, but I noticed, okay, we're starting to go in like an action over horror uh, like route. By the time we get to Afterlife, I mean, we might as well just rename it Afterthought, right? Right, guys? Um, Here's the thing with here's the thing with the Resident Evil franchise. I feel like by the time it gets to about the third one, if you're on board with the product it's giving you, which is like heavy on the action uh not i feel like it's not so much a horror franchise anymore other than like the loose ties that it keeps to the game but uh, you know as the franchise goes it kind of 
gets those ties get a lot more loose other than like names of characters and they'll throw in like you know a little easter egg or maybe some of the uh story arcs will relate back to certain games but by this one it's it's firmly in the action horror uh genre and if you are an action horror person i think at least on that level it's probably going to deliver what you want um and it, it feels especially of its time too a lot of slow-mo a lot of just over the top stuff so if if you're into action this is your movie if you're into like the more like tense uh creepy horror it's probably kind of drifting away from like what you would want in it um unfortunately I don't I don't remember uh, the third one a whole lot. So when we kind of pick up on the the third one was the the desert one in Vegas. Was there like a big bus involved in it or was that a a later? Yep. No, that was where they had the convoy going across the desert with the bus and the crows and the. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I remember some of that. Now, this one at the beginning, it tells us, oh, Japan. I assume it wasn't filmed in Japan because if it was, they really didn't take advantage of much of it, the. Location. They did actually film that scene in in Japan. All of the sets were actually filmed. So it, the Alaska set was set in Alaska. Wow, okay. Yep, L.A. Oh. was in L.A. and then Japan was in Japan. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> they went all out. Well, so, yeah. So I guess like this opening is just supposed to be more brief thoughts. So I'll just say this: it this is about the middle of the franchise, right? So it probably feels like about the middle. Like a, a, the middle, the quality of it feels like the middle of a franchise. Now, hopefully, you know, when you start covering, how many more are after this? Two or three? Two, just two. Okay. Two of, I'm two interested to see, franchise. Okay. Yeah. I'm interested to see if it rebounds because I, you know, I, man, I can I, tell I you the next like, one, the next one was bigger than this one as far as gross and like box office and stuff. Or are you saying like okay. the movie quality? Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, oh, okay. As far as like everyone's like, I'm kind of looking forward to what people, you know, you and your guests have to say on the next couple sure. episodes because a lot of franchises, when you get a lot of entries, it's not always like um, best to worst in order, right? It starts jumping around as far as yeah. the quality of each sequel. Sometimes you get that random late franchise entry that's just out of nowhere it's like really good mm-hmm. so uh yeah i mean i would have to say for me this is like a middle of the road movie but if you are a fan of action horror you're probably going to like it more than me so it could just come down to what your preference is in a horror movie or if you kind of like uh flock to a, a lot of action in your horror. sure so maybe that's trying to be too uh too charitable for now but i want to see what everyone has to say before we really Okay. Get into details. So I'll leave it at that for now. Yeah. All right, Carly, what do you got? Um, yeah, I mean, this franchise I'm not overly familiar with. Um, I did watch the first one quite a bit growing up, and uh, I did I did tend to like it surprisingly because this was really this really isn't my stuff at all. Like I'm not a big fan of action and I'm not a big fan of like zombie infected movies either. So it's like two things I'm not that's my that's my cross to protect me from evil. I thought that was the time. I thought you were going to be like, whoa, whoa, time out. (laughs) (laughs) Should have, right? Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, that's just kind of how, how I've always been, but um, I always found the first one to be enjoyable. And uh, the second one and third one I have seen, 
I don't remember them a ton. It's been quite a while since I've watched them. So I'm kind of like Mike where kind of sucks. Like I wish I would have watched part three going into this just to like get some more context. Cause that is one thing the franchise does like at least continue itself. And you do always follow uh, Mila's character, you know, Alice throughout it um, as your main character. So I think that's definitely a plus. Um, Cause I do think she's a strong actress and character throughout these movies to like kind of like hold it all together um but as for this one itself um first of all i'm watching it sorry you could probably hear there's like a, a course there's always a siren going off behind me because i live in like the ghetto anyway um no, i can't hear anything You're good. <laughs> okay cool i'll just keep talking then loud um but the uh, i lost my train of thoughts oh so starting to watch this movie um like i'm watching it and i'm watching it and i, I keep thinking like once she gonna wake up from the dream then i realize i'm thinking of retro retribution because i think i saw that one in recent time i just got it on blu-ray or dvd or so i think someone gave it to me i don't think i bought it so i was mixing this one up with that one while watching it and i was just like okay this i had to look i was like this isn't that one um the cg in this movie is very bad <laughs> it's i mean it's horrendous it's very laughably bad um and as there's uh, like mike said there's a lot of slow motion um and just a lot of over the top crazy craziness just pure action for the sake of action i think this is just like a very mindless type of film to watch like you could just turn your brain off and watch it and uh i think if you do like action it would do a lot more for me for me it doesn't do too much for me but i was still able to follow it um uh, you know there is certain stuff that i do kind of it's like satisfying to watch like you know you get a slow motion scene of someone's about to get hit in the head or something and then they like slide underneath their legs and then they like stab them in the back of the head last minute like that type of stuff it's like so perfect and so not realistic at all but I find it rather entertaining at times and like I said just satisfying to see um but yeah I didn't this isn't one that I would ever you know just really put on again because like I said it's fun mindless action horror but it's not the type that I prefer. Like if I'm going to watch a movie like that, yeah. I'll just watch a really bad slasher film or something. So okay. yeah, Fair. overall it's not, it's not, it's not horrible. Like I, I, it was what, it was definitely watchable. I can, I can see, I can see why it was probably originally 3d in the theaters. Cause that could have something to do with like the way the action sequences are staged. Cause this isn't 100% just like, is. Yeah. Yeah. It, this isn't like your regular action, like Carly said. It's like very big level, like as far as uh, Alice jumping around and the moves she's put. It, it definitely, like, I didn't even realize it was originally in 3D until you mentioned it. And now I see the poster where it says 3D on it. I'm <laughs> like, yeah, that, that, that makes sense watching, watching it at home. And I'm like, wow, this is some big production here. And yeah, that makes sense why it would be flying at you, like in a theater. Yep. All right. Podcast husband. What do you got to say? Well, uh, the guests, <laughs> I like how I'm the man, the, the, uh, the guests <laughs> don't know this, but this is my first time watching this franchise. I've seen the first movie before. So the listeners are going to know all this stuff. And this movie kind of has like, or this franchise rather so far has like the reverse star Trek movie syndrome going on where like people hated star Trek one and like star Trek two hated three, like four, it's like the opposite going on for me right now. Like part one was good. Part two kind of dipped a bit. Part three brought me back up. It felt and this one 
Wow. Uh, it's a long-form music video. The action is gonzo. It's exaggerated. It's insane, but we've already had that in this franchise. So Mike's point earlier about if you were on board with what it was delivering so far, that this would be more of the same, I'm here to say no, it's not. It's not. Um, not for me. This this kind of went overboard. Like, and not in a way that normally I love things being ridiculous. Like, if the more ridiculous, almost the better chance you have of getting me on your side, movie. But uh yeah. There were two, and also to your point, Mike, about the horror elements fading away. I don't even think the first one really had them, to be honest with you. But um, I could see maybe two scenes in this movie that want to dabble with horror. And that's when the crows fly out of that abandoned airplane for that horrible CGI jump scare. And when the, the actual coolest looking scene in the whole fucking movie is when they show the zombies outside of that abandoned building. And the camera pans down under the street and you just see that one little dirt zombie. He's just down there like, yeah, like he's just fucking getting it and shit. And he pops out of the darkness. That boy looked creepy. This movie, this movie was all about getting us to a boat. And I feel like they could have done it at the beginning of the next movie and we'd be there. I don't really know what this movie was. Maybe we can figure it out as we talk, talk through it. But yeah, Boss Tuna, you know, I've been here with you, man. I've been here with you, but this is the first one that really just... Okay. Well, I've got a few things to say, but we'll just go through the, uh, the, the, what do they call incidental? No, we'll, we'll go through the uh, details real quick here. So Resident Evil Afterlife fourth in the, in the franchise from 2010 rated R clocking in at 96 minutes. I always like to play the game, the guessing game. What do you guys think this got on IMDb? If you haven't looked so IMDb rating guessing Carly, you're up first. Uh, I would go, I don't know, maybe a 4.3. Okay, Travis? Well, I've been, I've been lowballing these and I've learned from that mistake. I'm going to say this is like a 5.6 because I've been, I've been giving them lower than fives and I've been wrong every fucking time. So I'm going to say 5.6. Mike? Well, unfortunately, I've I've had IMDb I, I've had the IMDb up the entire time, but I so without without <laughs> saying a number, <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll just say the actual rating is higher than I expected. So if that's yep. a clue for anyone, but Travis came in close, five point eight. Doesn't say you keep lowballing these five point eight. So that's user rating. Rotten Tomatoes is a critic rating; it's a percentage. So, uh, Carly, what do you think this got? For a critic rating percentage. Mm. Oh. Uh, that's something I never even really pay attention to on IMDb. Critic rating. Or, it's Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes, sorry. That's what, yeah. Okay, Um. crap. I don't know. 62%. Whoa. <laughs> I don't fucking know. That's that probably, would be, that'd be that's very no, high. That's, that is very high. That was bad. Go ahead. Uh, Mike? Uh, and you're you're asking critic score, right? Critic score, yep. Percentage a percentage of them that gave it a thumbs up or a thumbs down, basically. So usually it's percentage that gave it a thumbs up. I'll say forty eight percent. No way. Ibu. No fucking way. This is in the twenties or the teens. I'm gonna go eighteen percent on this shit. Twenty one percent. Oh wow. But this is the worst one so far. I'm sorry. It is okay. I- I've, I I, I love, fell into I love the you, fear. Tuna. 
I fell into I the you. fear of lowballing trap. <laughs> I, really I, was like, I was like, if I throw out like too low of a number, it's going to be double that and I'm going to look like an idiot. But of course, the opposite happened. Right. Oh, no, no. I'll do that for you. I'll, I'll always look like the dummy for you. Don't worry about that. But no, tonight. Yeah, you did pretty is, good tonight. This is right because this is right on. This is on. He's looking at me. Look how he's looking at me. He's going to kill me after the show. Nope. Nope. I want, I want, I want the honesty. That's what oh, I'm giving it to I you. Want. In in and around my mouth, a T virus. Hey, budget wise, what do we got? Take a guess what this got for a budget. Mm. Mm. I've I've been wrong about these budgets too. These movies Harley's apparently. Up first. No, you know what? Mike is up first this time. Yeah. Okay. Right. Good. Let let him. I'm gonna well the budget. I'm gonna say twenty five million. I'll I'll say the first one was thirty. The second one was thirty five. I'll give you one more shot. Oh, so that that clue would mean that they're going up with each movie. Yeah. Uh, you said second one was thirty-five, mm-hmm. and we're two entries away from that. Yep. All right, let's go forty-two million then. Okay, Carly. Uh, forty-eight million. Tibu, I actually saw the budget on this one, so I won't okay. say. So the budget was actually sixty million dollars. What but they spend it on? <laughs> what I'll say is everything looks so like the well, whole movie looks fake. I'm watching it thinking like, is but, this all green screened? Like it looks like nothing just looks. Everything looks cheap to me. I don't know. But this this was 2010 though, so yeah. back then I would say like even a movie on this scale was with CG probably cost still a, a good bit. Mm-hmm. Although I I do wonder like how they from the beginning of the 2000s to the end of the 2000s. Because the first movie had a lot of practical mixed with CG. Yes, a lot of practical. This one did too. Surpri- that surprises uh, me to it, find that out. No, you I, mentioned different filming locations, so that could have driven up the cost too. Definitely. Guess. That yep, was my so next point. To put, it, to put it into context for you guys, this one... Okay, so <clears throat> this might help explain a couple things and might help kind of smooth all over those rough edges you guys have with it. So this one is coming off the heels of a couple that were directed by not Paul W.S. Anderson. And he wanted to get back into it. He'd always been a producer and a writer. So the story goes, he recently saw avatar hashtag James Cameron, and he had a, just a big chub over that in the 3d. And he said, I want to make this a 3d film. So the original budget was estimated at $40 million. The studios gave him an extra $20 million if he filmed it in 3D. So Mike, to your credit, what you're saying is, is this movie was written, scripted, designed, everything to go out 3D. So that's why a lot of it might have looked a little out of place as far as the the shots and the action scenes and the slow-mo and the bullet time and all that stuff was meant for that 3D viewing experience. This one, however, uh, well, I don't even want to spoil it for you. Actually, yeah, we're not going to play that game. I'll just straight up tell you. This one grossed over $300 million. This, at the time, was the highest grossing Canadian film in history. Everybody sat up when you said that. Everybody sat up. (laughs) Resident and Evil Afterlife, the highest. That's just. Yes. I I normally don't look up the ratings because we do play this little guessing game. But after watching the movie, I had to look up the budget because I noticed that some things were like he said, like shot like the Alaskan shots. I'm like, wow, they're really there. Like, that's crazy. Um, So I had to look up what the budget was. And of course, if you look up the budget, 
the fucking box offices right there. I saw that $300 million and I'm like, how the fuck? But I tell you this, this, okay, let's, let's not forget this movie was filmed in 2000, um, started in what? Mid 2009, early 2009. So some of the CGI was wonky, but yeah, I mean, this oh. I, I said this before. This is a theater experience. I tell you, if you saw this in the theater, it's it's. I mean, not that I go and see and seek out a lot of 3D, but I, I would say you know that was the time frame when it was getting popular because you're coming right off the heels of Avatar. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean this this one I remember very very clearly watching this in the theater and how impressive it was. So yeah, I I could de- yeah I could definitely see it like keeping the 3D in mind how this does make sense because what I'm like there's points where Alice like you'll see her and it just looks like she's like popping out compared to the background. It's like hard to explain. So like yeah. you know, but I'm watching it not realize like I didn't realize it was 3D either until yeah. you know. So it's it's gonna be a little bit goofy and there's yeah. Be so it looks some... bad, but like it should yeah. yeah. But when yeah. you put it into that context, it's like you can't really. It's hard to really judge it. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm sure it was pretty cool in the theater. So as we said, written and directed by Paul W S Anderson, he retook the reins on this one. Uh, Mila obviously is coming back as Alice. Allie Larder is re re uh, claiming her role. As Claire, we have Wentworth Miller, who seems like a fake name. I remember the first time I saw his name back in the day, because I like, you know, the joke is is like these games are all like Japanese. And you're sitting there thinking of like Japanese people. They're like, what's the most white American name ever? <laughs> you're like Wentworth Miller. So it's almost like a fake name who's like destined <laughs> a for a rich white role. guy name. Yeah, hundred like... percent. Um, so he was Chris. He's he's been in prison break. Kim Coates as Ben. I love Kim Coates. He's one of my all-time favorite like character actors. Tig uh in Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, uh, man. He, yeah, so he he uh recently directed a movie that just came out in 2023 called Neon Lights. I wanted to like it, but it was average at best. Um Sean Roberts played uh Wesker, which he took over the role from that other guy, some Jason. Oh, I can't remember. O'Hare. I don't remember, but yeah. Funny yeah, story. I, I was wondering you. what the fuck happened there. Like, I, I, I guess it was a recast, but yeah, I, yeah, I just, I went all of a sudden when this movie, well, I, I'll wait to the opening to say I got, <laughs> well, but yeah, I was confused. The original Wesker was, was not very good. If I'm being honest. And, and I thought that Sean Roberts was a thousand times better as Wesker. So I need to look up. Cause this is, is the original Wesker Jorah Mormont? No, he was Dr. Isaacs. Okay. Okay. Never mind yep. then. Yep. Um, Oh, Sean Roberts. I was looking through his IMDB. He was in land of the dead. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, I mean, there's a handful of other actors in there as well, but the other main one is Boris Kojo. He was Lutha, a mm. the basketball star. So a couple Luther. trivia. I've already I've already just like you know been dripping trivia all over you guys, but we got a couple other ones here. Costume design by Cronenberg's <laughs> wife, Denise Cronenberg. No shit. Yeah. And we have so I, I've never seen Prison Break. I know it's pretty popular. I'd heard about it, obviously, but I was watching the um, the uh, uh, cast commentary type whatever stuff from the special features because I own all of these movies. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I watch them and I love it. 
But no, in all seriousness, uh, Wentworth Miller thought that he was being pranked at first. So when he accepted the role and got the script, he was reading it. He called his agent. He's like, is this for real? Because the very first scene in the very first words out of his mouth in prison break was get me out of here. I know a way out or something like that. And that's the exact same thing he said in this film, because Chris, you find out is in Hannibal Lecter's jail cell. And the first thing he says is get me out of here and I'll show you a way out. So that's weird. Um, yeah. Yep. And then that's all I got. Cause I already gave you guys the other stuff. So anything before we chat about, you know, the fourth resident. No, no, not for me. Nope. Okay. I'm ready to go. Here's the one thing, and I'm curious if, well, Tibu for sure, uh, Carly and Mike, I'm not sure because you guys don't sound too familiar with this. But when I think about the Resident Evil franchise, there's a couple main things that stick out right away. And it's every single one has a fucking killer soundtrack. And every single one has an awesome opening scene. And I felt like this one delivered. So let's talk about that opening scene. Okay, what did what did it deliver? So we get uh, a bunch of fucking clones of Alice running around this bi- underground. No, fucking dude, headquarters. I'm talking. I'm talking about the Tokyo, the Tokyo thing That's... where. It... Yeah. Well, I guess okay. Uh, opening I narration. It, I just thought it was super cool with the credits going in, and you've got like, I mean, just the the symbolism with all the umbrellas and all that type of stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, yeah, you got the lady in the rain, and she's got on the Tim Burton leggings and the red shoes because she wishes she was home in Kansas and not in this movie. And then she bites the shit out of somebody, and the darkness. We'll not have this. <laughs> Well, you, hey, I'm, I'm here for this. Okay. I'm gonna if crack my jokes face is all red, night. It's because I'm, I'm sweating and I'm hot. Not that I'm. Mad. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Enraged. Yeah. Engorged for the T virus. Um. Yeah. So we get the blackout all over Tokyo. We realize that this zombie apocalypse. Four years later, it says, right? Four years later. So we're four years from the initial outbreak of the T virus. We're in Tokyo. Alice and her clones from part three or laying siege to this underground fucking fortress, and we get Discount Neo, motherfucking, what's his name, Wesker, mm-hmm. wearing sunglasses underground in a brightly right out of the lit video room. game, though. Look, I'm, look, you know me. You know me. I'm there for cheese, and I'm there for ridiculous. Okay. So I'm laughing, I'm laughing, and I'm looking, and I'm looking, and I'm laughing. At a certain point, this movie crossed, it, I don't know what point it, cross the threshold but it, we're not here yet i'll say that because this opening i'm with you this opening is pretty it's it's when home when when double alice comes in and and gets shot up like she fights all those guys right fights all those guys whatever gets shot up whatever happens no 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 no. it's the same alice she, she fights all those guys cuts their heads off blood's flying everywhere i'm like that's cool and then she just telekinesis blasts the entire place when the other guards show up. I'm like, why didn't you just do that from the start? Oh, because we need slow motion sword fights. All right, I'm down. And motherfucking, I think that there is a new subgenre of porn. There's a new fetish out there, and it started with The Matrix, and it is machine gun, concrete cylinder support structures blowing up everywhere from gunfire while people are wearing tight leather clothes like this is a new thing 
but it's not a new thing. It's from the 2000s. But, but you know, I'm, I'm making it a new thing because I'm seeing it in this movie and I'm like, holy shit, movie. Double Alice's jumping down the elevator shaft, filling up the homeboys that are just like doing like that, like the Muppets the whole time because they're getting like shot. Hilarious. Hilarious. Love that part. I mean, what I could keep going. Like somebody jump in, tag tag team because I'm a I'm a, I'm a run through this opening. Um, yeah, I mean, she what, got superhuman abilities. Mike Merriman, what do you think about this opening? Did you think it was a highlight of the film, <laughs> or did it lose you <laughs> right away? Was it all downhill? No, like I thought the opening was cool. Like the whole stuff with the rain and then uh, the zombie attack, because because i wasn't overly familiar with three like i was looking to like give me give me something at the beginning of this movie that's gonna like bring me in right away right because i didn't have a lot of context of where we were exactly um in the story and with the characters other than i, I kind of roughly knew like i knew mila jolovich is like in all of them so i knew like, like we were gonna get to her eventually but i was like let me see what this movie is setting up give me some type of setup so like immediately when it's like oh japan so i was like okay uh, a scenery change then we have another hive uh in japan so at the beginning i was on board i was like okay you know maybe this will turn out better because i know every entry is kind of like random as far as like the quality you're gonna get so i didn't have many problems with the opening or the beginning of the movie um and then once we get to the rest of it i'll talk about that there, but i was on board with the beginning yeah harley did you i know you're not familiar too familiar with the previous ones i, I suppose you did see retribution but did they did they get you guys at all with um with with her getting shot you know in the back at that first one you're like oh my god or did you guys know that they're clones uh yeah see i didn't know they were clones i couldn't remember any of like i guess that happens in part three and i don't recall part three like at all like part three part two they might like i don't know they these movies all kind of run together but i mean the part where she got shot like i said because i saw retribution and i think it turns out in that movie like she's having like simulation thingies going on so when she gets shot i wasn't like oh my god our main character got shot i was kind of thinking like that wasn't real and then so i wasn't like you know blown away but then i'm like okay now there's all these clones and stuff so it's definitely a little confusing. I feel like this is definitely a franchise that benefits from you watching it kind of all together or at least being familiar with the other movies beforehand. Um, but I did, you know, what? like I said, watching the intro, I thought it was fun. It's very action-packed to start out and not slow moving or anything like that. It just kind of gets right into it. So um, it did it did hook me um, right from the start, even though I had no idea. Yeah, the clone stuff, I was just like, this must, I guess this has to be from part three, but I don't yeah. remember it. So Resident Evil Attack of the Clones. Like that's what's happening right at the beginning. And I'm gonna say, coming off the heels of part three, what what did it matter that they were Alice clones? What did it fucking even matter? Expendable soldier number four. Dude, it didn't make a fucking bit of difference. And like, cause right after this scene, you never see another Alice clone in this fucking movie. And if it comes up later, cool. But for this movie. That was just a plot, a, pl a plot thread you could cut. That's gone. Yeah. Um, well, but I mean, it's it's carrying on the the the. It's got to finish the storyline from the third one, and I, then they killed I, them all off at the end when the when the hive the or bomb exploded. Everywhere. Yeah. 
Also, I, I do like when uh, fake Neo pulls his gun out and shoots that one guy just for asking him a question. <laughs> just shoots him point blank in the face, and he's like, I want damage reports or whatever the yeah. fuck he said. Um, I, I love the every single one. It's just like an iconic set or uh, design from from all the movies is just the computer graphic of the hive. And it just shows you how how fucking big it is, because, yeah, like Travis was saying, they the camera pans underground and then you just see just how absolutely monstrous this this hive is. And I'll agree. I mean, this is definitely action first, which I mean, if you're going to if you're getting 20 million dollars extra budget to shoot it in 3D, which I get it, it's got to be there. But some of the wire work, like when she flips upside down, I mean, it was the coolest and the worst scene because it was cool. She chopped their heads off. There's your gore. But then just that wire work was so fucking bad. And some of the CGI was pretty rough, in particular when the two Alice's were standing next to each other. When Carly was saying before about the bad CGI, I was like, yeah, that scene was was pretty rough. You could tell that, that whole scene where they're going down the elevator shaft or the side of the I don't even I can't even tell what they're doing. But when they're going down the center and they're going to shoot, they're shooting at all of Wesker's Wes, Whiskers men. I'm calling him Whisker. Fake Whisker Neo. They're shooting all his men. They're trying to kill him. And just the way that that looks, it is equal parts horrible and amazing. Like, like it's 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 one of those boats. So that's why I'm still on board with the opening of this movie. I'm just saying. I'm not trying to shit on the thing you love, bro. I'm just I'm I'm, I want, I'm giving I would, you you guys I'm giving you my honest, honest opinion. Give I'm giving want, it to that's you. That's all I care about. Give me the honest. And I disagree, bring, but I think the worst CG is towards the end of the movie with those dog creatures. That's when I oh, started laughing out loud. Oh, yeah, you copycat Carpenter right there. Did anyone yeah. else get the major the thing vibes? I yes, was like, yeah. well, I've seen but, this before, but yeah. in 1982, and it, and it was looked good, way better. Yeah, should have done practical. They should have done practical. Mm-hmm. I, agree. I agree. But so, carrying on the storyline, one of the biggest things with these franchises that I love is how it does follow a very linear storyline. It tells that storyline. So we get Wesker escaping the lab in in a big thing that was prevalent in the start of the second, and then mainly in the third, the end of the second, mainly in the third, is the superpowers that she's got in. You find out that Alice snuck on board of the, the the plane, and I mean, all of her superpowers. She couldn't prevent fucking Wesker from sticking her with a needle. That's you know, no, you know why? Serum, in his you know why? T-virus. What's up? Overconfidence. She walk she walks up to him, puts a gun to his head, and instead of just immediately shooting him to death, Bluey is like, any last words? Uh, yeah, a, a fucking syringe in your neck. Yep. Dumbass. Cla- so, the classic, classic movie. Classic movie, classic movie yep. mistake. Yeah. <laughs> all, now, so, now yep. all your God powers are gone. So you're not a God anymore. Are you happy about that? You OP motherfucker. So I saw this and I was thinking of you, Tibu. Um, and, and I was for, mad for a change. I didn't have my hand in my pants when I was thinking about you. But my question mm-hmm. is, you had that problem because you were like, Alice is a superhero. Nobody ever gets even close to defeating her. And now, boom, we're bringing her back down to that human level. So did this and, get you and, a little bit juicy or what? No, now I'm mad. Now I'm mad about it. Now you're mad about it. Oh, yeah, now I'm mad. Because, because when I saw what she did at the opening, when I saw that she fucking just completely force pushed everything in that room into oblivion, I'm like, fuck, yeah, dude. I want to see Alice walk through this entire hour and a half movie. Just every problem that comes along, 
force push. Every person that gives her gruff force lightning. I want Alice to become a Sith Lord. Okay. That's what I'm expecting. Alice versus the Umbrella Corporation, and she is the the new empire. But no, instead, we get her being a like Mike said, movie trope dumbass, just being stupid and Tuco in the good, the bad, and the ugly said it best. When you're to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. Well, yep. she fucked she done goofed, and now she ain't got no powers. And I didn't like that execution. And you know what pissed me off? This is why I was mad about it for real. The the <laughs> this is more of that like just so grandiose that slow motion fucking plane crash into the mountainside and how everything slowed down equal parts cool and equal parts get the fuck out of here movie dude it's all um, 3D though that's that's one of those 3D scenes that's done like that but I was saying to myself right as they crashed and everything exploded the city done the 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 headquarters done blew up. So for listeners paying attention who never seen it, uh, they've escaped the city of Tokyo. The underground headquarters for Umbrella Corporation there has been imploded. I don't even know what to call it. It's like it blew up, but then sucked back in on itself, whatever. And then they crash into a mountainside, fiery death, and Alice just got her powers taken away. And then she walks away from the smoldering rubble. Well, it was 10 seconds. I mean, it's not like, boom, we're going to inject you and you're just it's probably a process. I mean, that serum has got to like eat all the T virus cells. So it's probably something that's going to take days or even weeks. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Fair enough because she lives. So fair enough. I don't know what, what I I get what he's doing and and I get why, because what other way could you explain that bullshit? Mm -hmm. She'd be dead. Mm -hmm. She'd be fucking dead. So I'm like, I mean, if that's your biggest problem in, in a franchise about superheroes and, and zombie, I'm kidding. (laughs) <laughs> well, big info dump. Uh, so, Mike, I know you're not super familiar with these here, but you get that big info dump about Arcadia and whatnot, and she goes up. Were Were you tracking at this point, or or trying to like wrap your head around what's going on, or what? Uh, uh I was starting to understand. Like uh, things were starting to come back to me slowly about like kind of where we were in progress of the story because. But, you know, it's going to be probably like a broken record, but we're in the middle of a friend, like we're firmly in the middle of a franchise now. So if you, if you're unfamiliar with like what got us here, it's going to take a little exposition to like catch me up. But I felt like this, the story in this one, as far as what takes place in this movie is small enough to where, uh, like small scale enough to where you, uh, you're able to kind of catch up uh, with the progress of the story. And because it takes place uh, with them trying to eventually get somewhere uh, by the end of the movie, I I feel like going forward for a next entry, I'm pretty confident that like, I would understand what's going on, where our progress is, what our characters are planning to do. And um, more Mila Jolovich. (laughs) <laughs> is yeah. is on the way and that that with this franchise that's probably the most important thing right me mila makes it out alive again to no one's surprise and she will be there for a fifth entry so i i think th- this one at least it i i guess for some people maybe if i say the movie didn't try to do too much that's a negative but i guess for me that's a positive only because uh it took some time for me to get caught up with the progress of where we were so i was good with it yeah 
So there's there's kind of a throwaway line here, but I thought it was pretty heavy because if you put yourself in the seat of of Mila, she's been gone for what six months or something like that, hasn't seen a single soul, and she's just been searching. And she has this line that says, "What if I'm the last one? What if there's no one else?" Um, I mean, in in a post apocalyptic world, and and I mean, I just thought that was like it'd be well, it'd be depressing. She says she hadn't even seen signs of the undead either. So she's seen nothing Noth- yeah. for, for a while. In, in six she's, months. You're like, ah, six months. But I mean, that's a long fucking time, dude. And let's let's state, like at this point, she's flying to Alaska in a little singer propeller airplane. Like she's just by herself, just putting along up to Alaska. And this is one of the plot devices in this movie that normally I just wouldn't, I don't know why it irked me, man. It irked the fuck out of me though. Her and her little stupid ass camera. Well, who gives a fuck what you, you weren't doing this in the previous movies. Why are you doing this? Why do you have this shitty little digital camera that you're staring at while you're supposed to be flying and you're talking <laughs> and you're like, it's not like driving a car. This... What do you, you don't, there's nothing up there. You just let it, let it go. Auto yeah, no. autopilot. You see how well that worked out for homeboy in the previous scene? I'll rest my case. <laughs> Mountainside disaster. She <laughs> the, fuck that it's little funny camera. because those those planes are like a hundred years apart. And that one you'd think like the high tech umbrella would be like, miss a <laughs> fucking mountain yeah. coming in. It would just go around it conveniently. <laughs> yeah. No, no. But we do get to see we run into uh Claire again and claire's got this like little boob spider kind of thing or whatever just it, it kind of looked like the hope diamond with legs or some shit like that just it, it's a it's a chess scarab that's the that's, umbrella corporation a, chess scarab. scarab yep scarab yeah. is good yeah that's that's a, that's a good way to put it that's, that's but where where, where did she find it. claire in alaska on an island looking for arcadia i'm trying to i'm trying just trying to they were in arcadia yes it. Yeah, yes. I'm trying to weave this all in here. So they have they... like little little fight scene there, and then we get to the prison. That's, I mean, here's the prison is is it's been a while since I saw this movie, but I just I remember. I'm the not letting I'm not letting you just jump over shit in this movie, man. Okay, what what do you got? What's your problem These... with the 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 boob scarab or whatever the hell nothing you called it? nothing okay. nothing wrong with the chest scarab? Okay. Um, because 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 boys can wear them too, and it's fine. All right. Uh, <laughs> he keeps calling him the boob scarab just because you have boobs, tuna. Um, <laughs> no, when they land on that island, she finds a feral Claire, right? Claire don't remember her, but she captures Claire, captures her, puts her in her little fucking dinghy, the stupid little plane, and she's flying around, still talking to her camera about Claire, even though Claire's it's in like the a back journal. Seat. My gosh, okay, and and both of these women have lipstick and makeup on in the apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. You're what right. in the actual, hey, if fu- you, who if has you don't time? feel, if you don't feel good about yourself, how are you to take on the apocalypse? Yeah. I, I just want to ask because Car- Carly, you're the, you're the, you're the female here. You, I'm sure you wear makeup from time to time. Mm-hmm. Would you be worried about makeup in this situation? Um, I'm not worried about makeup when I roll out of bed and go to work in the morning, let alone, let alone the whole <laughs> world has ended and there's probably no other human alive. So no. And that, yeah, that's a good point. I never really thought about that, but yeah, they're clearly very, uh, beautiful. You know, next, next time we talk about a movie, I'm going to, I'm going to bring that up. I'm going to bring As it a up dude. I'm going to rub your face in that pile of shit. No, I'm the, just kidding. If, that, 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 that is a good point. It's a valid point. 
I but as a dude, though, if, the, if it was the apocalypse, I would look like ZZ Top, okay? I wouldn't be worried about shaving my fucking face no more. There'd be no anything going on. There'd be no kind of upkeep. I would just be a fucking savage stinking and just swinging that big hammer, that meat cleaver that that guy had. That'd be me with the bag on my head. I'd become that dude. I mean, Claire, it's kind of like she's like the sparrow animal for a second. And then the next scene, she's like all prettied up and just up. Com completely normal. It's like. They talk, they talk it through, and it's just like, okay, I'm fine. Everything's when fine Mila, again. When Mila had her tied to the plane, she did her makeup while she was passed out. She's like, don't worry, girl. When you <laughs> wake like, up, you, you don't like feel shit. a lot better. Yeah. 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 She's like, I, I got time to do it now. I got, I'm not yeah. going anywhere, yeah. I guess. I didn't mean to cut you off, Tuna, but I just had to I just had to get that out of the way. because No, that's, that's yeah, fine. She, she gets Claire, and they go to the – it's a prison? That's a prison, right. Okay. Well, yeah, they're just flying down the coast, and they see people on, on a roof. This scene is cool to me, and it, it's reminiscent of Romero movies, uh, specifically Dawn of the Dead, obviously, where you've got people trapped in this big – like this. it's a big location, but it's a singular location, and of course the zombies are all trying to get in. This was the zombie underground scene I was talking about. There's one shot where it goes underground, and you see that one boy just like – scrap scrapping away. Yeah, he's, he's under underground looking creepy as fuck. Um but this when 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 Mila shows up, Alice shows up and 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 circles around the building, and they the, all the people on the rooftop. You've got Luther, you've got Tig, aka Bennett, you've got um, what's homegirl's name? A couple, I don't know the the actress. You got you I'm get the actress, you get the names. assistant. I can't honestly, I can't remember. Then you get the, I mean, forgive me, but you get the Asian guy with some non. Well, he's the assistant. Name. No, his name yep. is Kim Young. His name is Kim Young. Kim Come Young? On, okay. Man. Yeah. Kim, Kim, you're right. God Kim. damn. We're getting canceled, dude. Well, I mean, <laughs> it was very racist. Well, there you go. Very racist. I, let's let's pick the most generic Asian name ever. Kim Young. Kim Young. Wentworth oh, Miller and God. Kim Young. Let's go. Kim Young. That's am I happens. right? That's what happens when you get a white guy from Britain, Paul W.S. Anderson, picking out an Asian name. We got Wentworth <laughs> Miller. We're going to get Kim Young. Let's roll. Well, what, they all what's... realize. If you want to know what's worse, it's uh, the same last name as the actor itself. They just spelled it different. So. Really? <laughs> yeah. Thank you for no. making my point. No, <laughs> sir. They sir, realize that she. Go ahead. Oh my, my bad. I just she. They realize she's about to circle around and try to land this fucking little plane on the rooftop, the very short rooftop that's there, and unrealistic as all get out, but. I think this is actually a kind of kind of a pretty cool scene where they get ready cool. and they move everything out of the way. They stretch out some wire or whatever to try to catch <laughs> to try to catch the plane before it goes off the edge of the building. Um it's out there, man, but it's I, I, I could see this being really cool if Christopher Nolan shot it. Yeah. You know what I liked about this scene is the fact that in literally 10 seconds you get perfectly fleshed out characters with knowing their motivations right off the bat you get you're you're immediately you're like all right luther is cool as fuck i like him the mm -hmm. the mechanic guy he's cool as fuck i like him then you get Angel. the douchey kim Coates, and then you get that that people pleasing assistant that like they said in the movie he doesn't realize the world has ended oh i remember her name it's crystal yep crystal Sorry, I just yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know, dude. Their character characterizations. I'm not saying that word right. I don't think 
But um, I I just they're all Luther is a no one to me in this whole movie. He's just generic. I'm gonna maybe be the lead guy, but I'm not charismatic enough to. I just don't even. I don't even know what he did. I don't even know what he did. Um, Tig Tig did more because he showed up later, way later, and yeah. he's the guy that does the thing that we'll get to in a little bit with the plane. But oh, uh, we can't forget about the peeping Tom. Did he not remind you guys of of the dude? So Don Four, do you guys remember the guy in Don Four that's putting on like women's heels? I swear it's like the same same guy. <laughs> he served he served <laughs> the Don Four mall, and he's, <clears throat> he's yeah he's creeping on Alice in the shower. Oh my god! Well, okay, yeah. Alice does successfully land the plane on the building on the rooftop, and they save the plane amazingly by just jumping on it and pulling it down with human body weight i guess that's possible i don't know how much a plane weighs a little plane like uh, that i really don't know it's all in the rear like you could probably bench press that back with one hand it's all in the I, rear. i could i could believe it i could believe it um especially considering the, the weight's all in the front yeah the, the propeller and the, the engine yeah so i could believe that and how it would maybe tilt sort or whatever whatever it's doing it doesn't matter. I'm I'm with it. I'm with it enough to be like, hell yeah, y'all got a plane now. What are y'all going to do with that later? <sighs> Immediately going into this. What, what? Well, no, hold on. What happens right after that? They kind of get acquainted. You, you get nothing important. You get just some exposition going on. The next main scene is Chris Redfield. Uh, Mike, you said you played the video games growing up. So yeah. a little spoiler alert here. Were you... Um... Were you okay with Chris's character or did you want to see him have more of a role in this? I guess because in the video games, he's front and center, like main, main character. And he's kind of taken a backseat in this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's kind of the thing like where, where the, the, the movie franchise and video game franchise differ, like right off the bat, the first movie, I think it, it tried to toe a line of like, okay, we know a lot of people, are anticipating this because of the popularity of the games so they tried to like put elements but as far as like what the characters do in the game versus the movie it's it's kind of like the thing where by the fourth entry you kind of just have to accept okay the movies are going to be their own thing um their importance in the game or their uh their uh, yeah their importance to the story in the game might not match it in the movie so in my mind if you're if you're still on board by the fourth entry you're just going to kind of go with it and say okay let them do their own thing at this point um now if i now if if you gave me the choice to like go back to the first one and model it more after like the game with the characters totally i would but like i said it this franchise is so big that they kind of just decided we're just going to go off on our own direction side tangent in in like 30 seconds what are your thoughts on Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City, since that one is basically a direct adaptation. Did you like it? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of, it's kind of similar to how I felt about the first, uh, and like the, the Anderson, Apollo Anderson, uh, Resident Evil. There was a lot that I did like. I liked the fact that they tried to model it after the game more, but at the same time, there was still a lot of stuff that they didn't get right, but. Yeah, I thought it was. I, I all in all, I kind of rated the same I do as the first Resident Evil movie. Like they're both, okay. I did like them both. 
Um, I, I almost feel like if you took pieces from both those and put it together, you would make like a really good Resident yeah. Evil movie. Yeah. And I, I still, I think they're they're making a documentary on when like uh, Romero was supposed to do like the Resident Evil. I, I can't remember if it was a Netflix show that he was supposed to do or if no, it was a he movie. He was but... penned to do the very first Resident Evil. Like he had a full script written and everything. And then they, yeah, yeah. Didn't like, they didn't like that it was so close to the game. So they gave it to Paul Anderson, which is the greatest Paul Anderson director. <sighs> Anyways, Tibu, have you seen Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City? Just yes or no? No. No? Okay. Carly? Um, well, I guess I, I had something else for you, but have, did you see that one or not? Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City? Yeah, I did. I can't really compare okay. it to... I, I didn't really play the video games or anything, so I can't really compare. That was really my compare. next question, yeah. Yeah, can't really compare it, but I, I don't know. To me, it was a little generic. I, like, I'd probably pick the 2002 movie okay. over the raccoon city one as far as just gotcha. like regular enjoyment so that that was my next question you kind of answered already but you, you're not familiar <laughs> then with the the video games no i mean you'd heard of them but you just never played them or i've played part seven um okay. and i've played i like i beat part seven part four i started playing and i've never really gone back to it um not that i didn't like it i just got stuck on a part and i just never sure. kind of got back into it because i don't play video games as much as i used to like you know in my teens and stuff i just don't have the time and i don't really i don't know i'm just not as into them anymore um i have two other ones that i haven't cracked open i think it's like resident evil origins maybe and another one but yeah so i'm not familiar like i've never sure. played the original or part two or anything like that okay yeah i mean it's tough because there's remakes and whatnot i, I want to say mm -hmm. i don't know if there's any new ones but i remember playing the resident evil remake on on the dreamcast and that was awesome um but yeah Re resident evil resident evil 2 10 out of 10s but it just be it, it's just not gonna work today go didn't ahead you, like the the way raccoon or welcome to raccoon city started and like the first act they really tried to almost like do a uh mashup of stuff from resident evil one and two the game yeah because that yeah. opening with the, with the 18 wheeler crash wasn't that the opening to resident evil beginning 2 of the second game yep yep 100 yeah, yeah. and i thought that was really well done yeah, yeah 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 that that was i mean that was for what it's worth i mean we're off on a tangent here a little bit but for what it's worth that is the close? I, I feel like you can't get much closer to the video games than that movie without sacrificing movie quality, if that makes sense. Because I mean, yeah. those first games are like uh, walking around a mansion for twenty minutes to go find the skull key, and you know what I'm saying. So it paid homage. Yeah, sure. it was it was the it was the opening to Raccoon City, and then actually the end of the first movie, um, or the 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 Mila Jovovich. Wes Anderson or Paul S. Paul W.S. Anderson. I always mix up their name, but <laughs> the end of the first movie when she walks out of the hospital and you just see like the streets, like it, yeah. it basically looks like an apocalypse hit. To yeah. me, at that point, I'm like, oh my god, if they do a sequel, because at that time we didn't know, right? Right. I was like, if they if they do a part two, it looks like they're setting this up to go directly into how Resident Evil Two started. Like, cause that, that was my hope. Cause it, it, I thought that ending was so well done in the first movie that I was so hyped for the second one. Yeah. And then the second one, they had elements, but they really said, okay, let's amp up the action. But I thought the ending sequence movie was one of the best parts in the entire franchise. Yeah. It was pretty sweet.
So back to Resident Evil Afterlife. We're moving along to Chris Redfield. You meet him, as I said before. I, the whole prison, everything reminded me of of you know Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs. Like he's gonna he was like creepy guy's face and get out of there. He was like, I'll show you a way out for a nice can of fava beans. Yeah, Chianti. And Chianti. And we, we end up getting, you know, that, that creepy shower scene. The guy gets eaten by the shower drain monsters, but we get Chris Redfield <laughs> out. Yeah, yeah. That, that was pretty cheesy. I'm not going to lie. It was I, a cool I, scene, but. I do, I do like it. I honestly do like it. Even though it was cheesy, I kind of was like, when that scene happened, I was like, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was having fun with that one. Yeah, but they get him out and. Okay, so you get that awesome scene of the dude. It reminds me of Pyramid Head from Silent Hill. Uh, spoiler alert. I'm trying to get my wife on board to go as... Uh, I want to go as as Pyramid Head for for Halloween, and my wife will be one of the nurses. But Oh, wow. That's yeah. Cool. I thought you were going to say you were trying to get her to go as Sexy Pyramid Head, which would be <laughs> even better. <laughs> no. I'm like, well, when you think about you know uh, uh, Silent Hill, I mean, there's couple iconic you know characters is pyramid head and then so it's creepy fucking nurses and shit so but anyways that that guy reminded Dude, when, me of when that. that when that thing when that thing showed when that thing showed up in this movie i was like did pyramid head wrong, walk onto the wrong movie set and they're just like gonna go with it because hey it's horror it's video game let's just keep him in here he forgot <laughs> his big pyramid head and they just they were like hey real mask. quick let's get sackhead jason's mask and put it on him just <laughs> you want to talk about some nitpicking how the fuck did this guy show up if you think about this movie and every all the zombies were former people like where did this guy come from? Was he an umbrella experiment? Was he a mutation? Was he filming some weird fucking BDSM movie in, <laughs> in Hollywood and he got bitten? You know what I'm saying? Like, I think he was another another sort of project, kind of like how you were saying earlier, like the T-virus might or the, the anti-T-virus cure might take a little while. I think this is another way to explain something like this in this movie. This is just another nemesis project. It's yeah. it's another sort of nemesis. Um, I looked it up a second ago. He's actually in the script called Axeman. So he's the Axeman. Sounds so, right. Very, very novel name for him. Yeah, uh, but I, 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 I agree. I, I agree with you. Like by this point in the franchise, I think you're just supposed to kind of take it for granted that, yeah, they're doing all sorts of experiments. So when these crazy creatures show up, it's just like, oh, uh, they they went and did something bad again and this is the result and you're not supposed to think about it like much more than that yeah because you'll never you'll never know they didn't tell you spoilers listeners they don't fucking tell you they don't tell you where axe man came from they don't tell you why mila jovovich don't put on deodorant they don't tell you none of these things how do you know she's a put on deodorant because do you ever see her apply any no do you rest ever my case again her guns you ever see yes yes on the rooftop does alice the, poop? yes yeah mm -hmm. i was peeping like that peeping tomboy well i bet you were i bet you were <laughs> so they let chris redfield out he's like i can tell you how to get out of here so they get him out he talks about that big you know 10 ton six wheeled behemoth down there with I can, no i can tell you how to get out of here alice all you have to do is feed me a lamb just one lamb alice Sorry, I'm gonna stop. Uh, just as they open up the gate to get into the the deal, you get Pyramid Head just beating that door down with his fucking 
big meat tenderizer with axe mm-hmm. on one end <laughs> and um they go and, and i mean you get a pretty cool scene i mean anything underwater adds a little suspense as far as that goes with like holding your breath and all that shit i don't know i get anxiety just watching stuff like that because it's yeah yeah, the bottom levels of the prison have been flooded since the electricity stopped working, the pumps stopped working, so everything's fucking flooded. And Chris told her what, like, uh, I'm gonna grab a beer. You guys keep talking about the armory. Yeah, well, he he tells her the armory is two two floors below, or he says two floors are underwater. And she's like, "Well, where's the armory? All the way at the bottom, baby. You gotta swim under there." And she's got a little flashlight, and she's like just peeking around corners underwater. And it made me think about this while I was watching the movie. How long, uh, my guests of the Joe Blow Horror Show, how long do you think the average human being can hold their breath? The average human being. Mm-hmm. Mm. You'll be surprised. I'm going to say 38 seconds. What? This is another round. A minute and a half. That's another good guess. I was gonna say a minute if it's average, but y'all are y'all are all y'all are all there. Y'all are all there. Thirty to ninety seconds is the average length that a human being can hold their breath. Do you know what the record is? This is where your mind's about to just burst out the back of your head like five and a half minutes. Not even close. Are you serious? I'm serious as fuck. Oh, fucking homegirl for Avatar two. Like it? It's. Homegirl from, from Avatar 2. Five and a half minutes. Wow. It's more than seven minutes. That actress trained herself to hold her breath underwater, and that's not even that's not even close to the record. Not even close. How do you train yourself to hold? Like it's either you, you can't no, breathe you, or yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, like, you can. Yeah. Think about it. Do we train okay, ourselves to hold now. our breaths every day? Well, no, <laughs> don't pass out on the show. <laughs> I feel like I, I, I feel like I'm gonna drown just thinking about. Seven yeah, and I half don't even underwater. Yeah, <laughs> twenty. Seven crazy. plus minutes is no. the record. No. Yes. No. Yes. Fake news. Yes. Fuck out no. of here. No way. It's not. It's not fake news. Okay. It's real news. This is real news, and it is for real. Almost a half an hour that a human being can hold their breath underwater. You, you mean like someone that drowned in fucking ice cold water and got re? You know, like. Come on, dude. Or Aquaman. You can't, like, how do you, what do you mean you, like, what training do you do? Google it. No, so I used to, uh, or used to, I watched, it was like on a Shark Week thing maybe, but like about the free driver, free divers and how they like hyperventilate basically. And they, they intake so much uh, oxygen and the oxygen in their blood gets like so enriched that they can't hold their breath for a long time. Look, I look, knew it was she, high, but she, she's looking it up. Hold on. She's looking, she's, yeah, <laughs> yep. she's gonna have it in a second. How, I'm, I'm... Yeah, I'm trying to hold on. How... <laughs> wait, oh wait, no, sorry. I should, no, I shouldn't type in how long. I should type in what is what's, the record. What's the record for whole or human holding? But then their I breath. need to know how. Well, that's a whole other thing. This we won't be doing that learning. On the oh, it's like the first. It's literally like the first when you type in what is the record? Twenty four minutes and thirty seven seconds. So you were oh, wrong. That's... It's not twenty seven minutes. Whatevs. That's still <laughs> professional bre- breath hold <laughs> diver Budabir Sobey. Yeah, that's probably not all how you oh, say. Oh, really? Budabir. No kidding. Yeah, I know oh, that boy. Yeah, I know that boy, Buddha Bear. I, I, I go. That's my I, boy. I go way back. Oh boy. <laughs> During a breath hold, the level of blood CO two rises, and O two declines. The initial increase 
in the urge to breathe, let's say 30 seconds until hold on, how that it's just skipping around. You could just just continue the podcast. It's okay. Uh, well, I was gonna say that's he's he's got like some fucking Kevin Costner type gills and shit underneath his neck. I mean, well, I was gonna how... say we we all we all have to hold our breath while Carly reads all of that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's how Alice was able to still fucking exist underwater for that long. There was the T virus. I think there was it was still lingering, sort of, so she could just float around down there with her little flashy flashlight. You have to let um, it linger. Oh, you cranberry to. bay. Yeah, oh, yeah. You have to. You have to. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> how did Homeboy get down there? I don't remember that. Who's homeboy? Wentworth. He ended up down there cool. with her in the armory. Yeah, they were all swimming under the water and shit. And then Crystal Meth gets fucking taken by the zombies. So sad. She was. She was. Was it? Was it sad? Because I don't. Re- I don't even remember. Yeah. Mm. It, was, it was kind of a un, unsus like unsuspecting, but also unsatisfying death too. Like. Tuna, I'm not going to lie to you. There were two points in this movie where I had to rewind the movie and watch the scene that I was literally staring at to be like, what just happened? Not because the movie was confusing, not because it was shot in such a way that it was hard to follow. I literally watched it and forgot it in two seconds. Well, that's sad. <laughs> that, that that might be that more panda. of a me problem than a movie problem. <laughs> yeah. <Uh-oh. laughs> Guys, I got, hold on, one, just one more second. Um, So... Uh, the dude, the dude did pre-breathing of 100% oxygen prior to holding his breath. That's how he, that's how he, he's training. He's training. So so he pre, he pre, he pre held the oxygen in his lungs. Sucking in straight oxygen. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder like a normal person just like sitting in a cigar filled smoke garage like this, how long they could do it. 90 seconds at most. Look, Mike's about to pass out on the show. He's trying right now. (laughs) Breathe, Mike. So pre-breathing, like he supercharges blood with oxygen, is what you're saying, kind of. Is that well? He had a tank of pure oxygen, not the shit that we breathe out in California with all those (laughs) yeah, not just the air, but yeah, Yeah. that's not none of them Canada airs right there. (laughs) Up in Canada, yeah. Up in Canada, way the the East Coast got a little taste of that this past uh, spring. (laughs) Yeah. Oh shit. Okay, Carly, so, was it uh was were your skies orange, Carly, all the way down there? Were they were orange. Or... Yeah, there was yeah, there was a period where we got orange. It, it was like a haze. It was rather creepy. So, but it's yeah. calmed down now. It's all good would, in Iowa. It's all good in Iowa, friends. I would say that is creepy. I didn't know that forest fires could make the sky orange in like states away. Different, that is yeah. Strange. Yeah. Almost un almost unbelievable. Almost not. Yeah, like twenty seven minutes. Right. Yeah. Well, twenty-seven hey, hours, twenty-seven minutes. Same thing. No, fuck off. All right. Anyway, they get guns. They come. They come. They so they started blasting. Blah blah blah. And they blasting zombies. All right. I guess that's the next scene. I don't fucking know. At what point oh, did, right. did let's let's what, let's get to the fucking best scene in the movie. All right, the shower scene. But before then, you do get a couple cool scenes as far as because you really see <laughs> we did the shower scene. No, we didn't do the the shower scene, bro. All right, pay attention. Um, oh, we we I'll get try. we get a couple cool scenes beforehand because you really see the asshole that Bennett is because <laughs> like I thought that was out of nowhere and honestly I forgot it until I saw this movie. But the mechanic, just like the nicest guy ever, yeah, like 
He's like, how long to put this back in? He's like, I don't know, a week. Boom, blows his fucking brains out. Like, why? I like that guy. Why did he kill Angel? <sighs> On hell, I don't know. I don't know, but what? it was kind of sad. It was. I, did, I I was I was mad. Is that is that the shower you meant? The blood shower on Kim Young? No. If my God, if you, we no. already talked about the peeping scene, and it's already happened. It's we're past it. We're past that scene. You, okay, yeah. Bennett's an asshole. You get some cool shit up on top. That same cable wire comes back. I mean, boom. That's a character right there. The cable wire character in itself served two purposes: protecting the plane and saving Alice. All right. Fucking flies all over my shit here. Here, here, uh, here's my here's my issue with that scene. Okay, so mm-hmm. I'm just, I, you all hey, ears. I'm, okay, I'm listening. I'm not here. I'm not here to Keep suck going. every movie's dick. Keep going. All right. So at the begin, at the they they all on the rooftop. Okay, Tig steals the plane. We're skipping over this major shit where Tig steals the plane. All right, Bennett. And he just hauls ass and he dives off the roof, which when she landed that plane on the roof, I was thinking to myself, the only way you're going to be able to fly that plane away is to push it off the edge and hope to God that planes and physics work this way. And I'm not a physicist. I don't fucking know nothing about physics, but that it would fall and you could pull up on the throttle. I guess it's called a throttle. I'm just guessing. Called the yoke, you could, but nice try. I'm throttle. You could throttle it up, right? Throttle up, throttle on up, throttle it up now. And then you turn the, the nose up and you can fly. And Tig does that You're shit. You're a pilot. There's nobody that could know that. That's not a pilot. But keep going. I'm intrigued. Tig, Tig did that. He throttled up on that yoke and he got out of there. Hold up on that yoke. Yeah. <laughs> he did. And he got out of there. So everyone's fucked now. They're on the rooftop. They're shooting zombies that are just fucking breaking in. Uh, they're in the building now. They, they're, they done got in. And... Alice takes that fucking cable you're talking about and she's fucking running. She's shooting slow motion for the 80th time. She pulls out hand cannons. Fucking hell yeah. Blasting motherfuckers. She grabs that cable. Smith and Wesson 460. It's the first time that it was put in film. It used to be the 454 Casul before then. But you and you and Grindhouse can get hard together. Um, she's running and she's fucking tossing a bag full of bombs into the zombies that are chasing her off the rooftop. Very cool fucking scene with her jumping off the roof and all the zombies cascading over behind her. And she starts a swanging when that stole when from that, World War Z. They stole it right out of World War Z. Yeah, totally right. Fucking thieves. Just like the, just like they stole the Demi Gorgon from Stranger Things with those zombie flower faces. Am I right? <laughs> just uh, saying that this movie got this before those movies did or shows or whatever us. they do yeah, yeah they stole it from the last of us clearly this movie mm-hmm. stole everything from the last mm-hmm. of us and yeah. i'm i'm gonna I'm, I'm tip my hat to this movie for a few of those things that i noticed from things that came out later but when when alice was swanging and that bomb went off i'm like your cable would be eviscerated and severed and you would fall to your death i don't know but no Hashtag but no that's science bruh i'm it's, trying it's alice the, the oh. golden rule of Resident Evil is Alice don't die. Plot armor. <laughs> plot armor. My bad. I forgot. Oh, I'm so dumb. No. I forgot about plot armor. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. So Alice lives. Yeah. Alice does indeed live and falls to the ground. Ooh, how cool was it though when Tig's plane was skit scattering along oh, the yeah. ground? Yeah, and all the Straight blood up. trails yeah. behind. That was, cool. <laughs> that was cool. 
Okay, fuck. Practical effects, too, by the way. They use a real plane, real prop heads, and no, I'm just kidding. Not even, no, not no even way. close. Blow your mind, right? Yeah, that scene took about $10 million and six months to shoot. That would have been amazing. Christopher Nolan would have done it. <laughs> he he would have. Get off that With... Christopher Nolan dick, all right? Never. Did you hear never. that? He, he wants to redo the Resident Evil franchise? Go for it. He'll do it. Oh, I'm just kidding. In all seriousness, uh, though, the he entire does franchise, to, all of them. He wants to redo just, all the movies, the same titles and characters. He's like, all right, right make this. Christmas oh, style. I know what shower scene I skipped over. I'm sorry, Boss Tuna. Take it away. I know what I y- forgot. Yes. So they finally we're, 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 back up. Pyramid Head. <laughs> yeah. They finally meet up with Pyramid Head, and you get the most epic battle scene in 3d history. I'm not going to say in history, but in 3d, this is when I think about this movie, this is what I think about in the, uh, in the theater, because this scene right here was just fucking straight chaos. You get the, the meat tenderizer getting thrown at you. You get, I mean, we forgot her little, like fucking, it looked like a vampire killing pack. If we backtrack a little bit into the, uh, cafeteria, The cafeteria, the, the galley, the galley, the galley. The galley. Say, I think a galley is on a ship, but yeah, it's the galley. It's sure. The fuck cafeteria. it. Yeah. You find out that she collects quarters or what's the Canadian. What do they call them? Like pinochles or some shit. What the fuck is It's a weird Canadian name for the Carly. You're not all that far from Canada. What the hell they, they call, call they call them. They call them. Maple, <laughs> maple, they call them maple doppers or no, something. There's, right? there's a, Oh, there's I a didn't weird, know they had, I didn't there's know a weird them. goofy fucking name that silver Canadians pucks all. Yeah, I don't even know. Maybe it's like just, <laughs> you know, if you you can pay with with uh, uh, if you go to Tim Hortons, you can pay with your coffee with uh, hockey pucks. Are you serious? No, but that'd be cool as fuck though. That but would be. Anyways, there's a weird name for the 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 coins that they have in Canada. They call them like two oh toonies. Is it toonie? It might be a toonie. I don't fucking toonies. know. Anyways. <laughs> She's, I mean, it's a Canadian production film, so I'm trying to be, you know. That's why I'm cracking all the jokes I can until you get there. You're right, it's a toonie. It is a toonie. So. That's what Boston has between his legs. (laughs) 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 And she puts him in the shotgun, Um, and it's like the best idea ever. And you get this scene where you get the fucking toonies getting blown at you. You get water droplets. I don't know. Mike Merriman, back me up here. This scene, what do you think about it? Actually, don't back me up. If you said it sucks, then I'll fucking, <laughs> I'll accept it. I'll cry. I think minutes, I but. think this is the scene Carly likes, honestly, because she was saying that she likes those slow motion movements that were pleasing to look at. This whole scene is that that scene. This is it. This is the climax of that. Yeah, I got to be honest too. I was um I was under the influence with of uh, some marijuana during the watching of this movie. So me too. Me yeah, too. Yeah, I, th- I think like these scenes, it makes it all the more like. I'm watching it like, whoa. just like completely like, whoa. <laughs> look at all and, that. And yeah, that scene so was the, so, so it, was, it was so slow motion. It's still going right now as we're talking. <laughs> right. <it>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's no. So yeah, I did. Yeah, this is like the dumb, uh, mindless uh, action entertainment that I'm talking about that I typically wouldn't flock to. But you know, in the case of having to watch this movie, uh, I just let it draw me in and. It definitely worked. So, um, yeah, you get a lot of slow motion. There's so many moments of Alice just kind of like pulling guns from behind her back and like swapping them out. And like, I feel like she does that like 400 times throughout this film. But yeah, I mean, it's entertaining. Um, 
again just you know cg ahoy and stuff like that um that's a running theme and <laughs> in, in this whole movie that uh, got to be laugh out loud funny to me after a while since i was again not in my right head anyway but uh that, that, that's yeah. one of alice's superpowers she always has room for more guns to pull from her back yeah she's that. just like yeah. i'm like and it's all yeah it's like same swift motion every time and i'm just yep. like this gets kind of laughable after a while, but it's it's great, you know. All right, if if I'm being honest, I have to agree 100 with everything you guys are saying with this movie. It, all jokes aside, if I didn't see this when I did, you know, I, I would be right there with you. Main thing is, it's like Mike said before, man. It's just straight action. I do. There are some good, like a scene like this. I feel like you could have gone either way. You could have gone the way they did, which is the 3D action type scene. But I feel that character is so iconic. This they, they could have used him better and they could have given some some more like suspense elements. Um, oh, how about the scene when fucking, you know, Travis's favorite white Asian gets fucking split in half? Like, you know, Kim Young. <laughs> goodbye, Kim Young. What did um, you do? What did you just do? I don't Travis's know. Travis's favorite mean... white Asian. He's an Asian man. <laughs> and the whitest asian name ever i mean wentworth miller kim young come on no but like that scene there like i feel like they skimped out on some of the things that would have really put this more in the horror realm but this is just straight action well when they finally they finally do kill big axe man and and it's kind of cool with the head blowing up Mm -hmm. head blowing up from the head cannon but then we skip all the way back to what we were talking about with the plane, Tig gets away, and he flies off into the distance, and Alice blows up the goddamn rooftop, swings down to street level, and gets in through a hangar door thanks to Luther, escaping the zombie horde outside. Fucking, now they know that they have to get Chris out. Like, Chris knows a way out. Let's, let's fucking Well, they all Chris. escape the hole in the fucking, in the shower room. They, they just start fucking burrowing through that hole. Oh, they already had Chris out. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they go down to the sewer hole. Yep. They go down the sewer hole. Luther gets pulled back and they're in the sewers. They hop on a boat and they're going over to the ship. So they're like, oh, you find out, oh, here's Arcadia. It's a giant ship all along. I know you guys haven't seen the previous three films, but in the second one, they they keep getting this radio transmission of Arcadia. We've got medical attention, supplies, food. You find out that it wasn't Arcadia, Alaska they were hearing the reports because a ship was coming down the coast and you go all of a sudden they get down below deck and they see the big umbrella logo. The door opens up and it's just a giant fucking Apple store. Just everything is pure white. And then <laughs> yeah. you get, you, you get the, the little iPad there and they're like, Oh, here's the 2,185 people that are on board. They're in test tubes. Um, just like Travis test tube baby. But I like when the test tube babies come up and the test tubes wobble a little bit. And I'm like, why are they wobbling? Y'all, 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 y'all have already, y'all have $60 million of budget and y'all have fucking shown us Alaska. You've shown us rooftops blowing up. You've shown us fucking back Jason Sackhead pyramid head guys. Dude, at this point, but, they're paying for budget with fucking donuts and handshakes. So just lay off, all right? They Bruh. ran out of money. Yeah. But we do get we do see Kmart again. Kmart's yeah. back, and I'm not talking a blue light special, y'all. I'm talking a character from Part Motherfucking Three. K K K Light. Kmart's here. Yeah, K Light. <laughs> Kmart's back, and she's feral too for a second. But uh, hold on. 
Alice smells something fishy, and she's like, I'm going to go explore. I'm going exploring. Who does she find behind door number three? The man behind the curtain. Sitting on his like throne, just creepy. I don't know. I love Sean Roberts. I, I thought that I knew him from more shit, and I went through his, I'm like, I don't know. He's kind of a, I mean, some people might know him from some shit, but I thought he was really good. Creepy. He's from, he's from some shit. He's creepy. He's from some shit. He's creepy. Did a good job. <laughs> Get a killer fucking scene here. Sunglasses, battle, fucking the thing dogs that Carly absolutely hated because she just fucking hates dogs in general. I'm sorry. I, I hate him. Oh. <laughs> Wait a minute. This got, this got turned around here. He, he puts words in people's mouths and thoughts in the listeners' heads. Carly doesn't hate dogs. Just like me, she hates fucking shitty ass goddamn John Carpenter's The Thing impersonators who are just copycat criminals. Damn it. They're criminals. Now he's going to say be... we hate the thing. He's going to turn that around too. No, that's he pretty can't. much what you said. So um... <laughs> <laughs> remember that mutiny we were talking about. Now's the time, guys. Let's go overboard. <laughs> I, I will I mean, agree. I, I will agree. Sean, Ro- Sean Roberts does play a good Wesker. Kind of like that, that slick over stylized, like uh, almost not quite cyberpunk neo-noir looking but almost like a matrix yeah b-level matrix style you know look at look at look at the name that my voice is coming from yeah that's that's sean roberts in this movie he's discount neo yeah so he really is he's got a trench coat my boy is bullet timing all over the place all over the room bullets are flying and i love 10 out of 10 i love how he dodges bullets with that quick Power Rangers from the 90s, fucking Fox Kids animation, quick well, style I mean, dodging. You know what? Dude, did I love it. No, I love it. I actually love that. It's well, fucking okay, so good. bad. I but, love like, it. You get a perfect circle. You get the remix of The Outsider playing. Just that fucking music pumps up and it's just like. It's dope. Kicks in. It's fucking dope. It's a, it's a yeah. pretty legit scene. Carly, what do you think? I mean, we're, I'm ribbing you here a little bit, but did, did it lose you or or or? I mean, what do you think? Were you like kind of meh at this little climactic and homeboy here? wants homeboy wants to eat Alice's DNA. He literally says, <laughs> I'm going to ingest you. And yeah, then they ingest. Fight. That's a weird word to say. I mean, how many of us use ingest as a regular part of our vocabulary? I'll ingest you, baby. Hmm. Yeah, right? I don't think I you know? <laughs> That would be fucked up. That'd be yeah, that's cre- up. creepiest line of the film. Yeah. No, no, it, it, it doesn't lose me. Like I said, I think it's under, like, it, okay, the stuff with the dogs. Yeah, I'm, like, bitching about that. But it's not, Um, it was kind of just funny to yeah. me. And it was still, like, <laughs> whole, like, it's, it's like, so, because they, they get real into it, too, like, with that. I'm just, like, holy crap. But, um, yeah, did, the dude that you're saying is the Matrix dude. Like, I, it's funny, because I immediately keep thinking matrix but if i'm being honest i don't think i've ever even seen the matrix but <laughs> i mean everybody knows what the matrix is and that's like well my I, I might actually i think i might have seen it when i was like a little kid but i don't remember it enough to be like oh i'm a diehard matrix matrix buff and i'm like comparing these movies but i just like picture you know i i know of scenes from the matrix do, do, you, do you guys does Good, this like, paint the picture of how young Carly is? I might have seen it when I was a little kid. Yeah, I was Come thinking on. the exact same thing. <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah, when I was Just a little a kid. Yeah. I remember, Although the I first one came out when I was opening in night. Grade. Yeah. When did it okay. come out? Ninety-seven. Uh, Ninety-nine. I, I thought it was ninety-nine, but 
And yeah, either way, we're we're only apart by two years. I, I remember seeing it opening night and it was we didn't expect it to sell out because uh going into like it, it th- that was one of the movies that it seemed like it it got the word of mouth buzz, so we didn't expect it to be sold out. We had to sit way closer to the screen than we usually ever would. Oh, that but, sucks. Uh, I know it, we were like, what the hell? And this was way back then, you know, there was no uh buying your specific seat beforehand so you just you're right it was 99 what's that matrix Matrix. came on 99 i was thinking 97 yeah 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 99 oh yeah boy that's that that's that we about to turn the century turn the page you know i walked out of one movie ever and it was because only the front couple rows were up i remember watching the first i'm like fuck this i'm done that's how i uh when i went to see hereditary actually like it was so packed in there that we got stuck (laughs) Like watching it like that, and it was yeah. It's I mean, it was. Did it kind of ruin your experience, or do you still? Yeah, you you know, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It was kind of cool because the screen was so close, and you just feel like very immersed. But at the same time, it is like it's not the most comfortable thing in the world. The the by the by the end of the movie, her neck was probably feeling like the daughter's after getting hit by the wood. You know, I want to know, like, a study on the people that purposely go and sit. Like, they're future serial killers. Like, who purposely goes and sits in the front? Oh, I've seen them. I've seen them go in an empty theater. I want to to interview them. Yeah, because I I go in and I go, I I prefer to go to the way, way back. Because I don't like the feeling of people... I feel like I don't like blocking people's view for one thing. And I just don't like the feeling of everyone else is like behind me. Like I'm, I'm I'm middle back two thirds, like a few rows down mm. from the back. Yeah. I'm good with that too. I mean, but if we're, if we're going to nerd out about theater seating, I'm talking for real theater seating where you got that pit that everyone, the serial killers all sit down there in, (laughs) then, then you have your second row and then the higher levels. Uh I want to be, I want to be in that second row, middle, middle, um probably about two rows deep one to two rows deep right after you go from where the the handicapped people sit just saying that's where they sit i want like Mm. one or two up from there in the middle is the perfect it's the perfect that's the place that is the best spot that's my preference too Uh, i have the same i'm a nerd i'm a fucking nerd (laughs) i always I always get weirded out though, because like now when I buy the tickets on on my app, if if there's anyone sitting anywhere close to that though, I'm like, damn it, I gotta sit outside my preferred rows because oh, I, I don't want, I I can't like I understand if it if it starts to sell out, you're likely gonna have people in your row. There's nothing you can do about it. But if I'm buying ahead of time and it's like scarcely attended so far, I will always be like, I am not buying in a row that anybody else is in <laughs> if I can help it, you know? Yeah. I've seen people come into empty theaters, empty, and go sit in the in those pits. The only movie I've ever had to see in the pits was Alexander, Back in the Gap with Colin Farrell, the Oliver Stone joint. Oh yeah, oh yeah, All, awesome movie, awesome theater experience. Hated where I was sitting, hated mm. it, absolutely hated it. Would never sit there again by choice. Sorry. Well, let's wrap this movie up here because we get yeah, essentially you get a battle scene between Alice and then Claire and Chris. And he he's kind of, I mean, Wesker at this point, you find out that the T virus is taking control of him. And that's why he wants to ingest Alice because she's mm. resisted the T virus. 
he pretty much makes quick work of Claire and Chris thro- throws them in the, the little test tubes and they start kind of sinking back down. And uh, she, you know, kind of whoops his ass a little bit, gets them back up, shoots them in the head. And then Chris and Claire fucking empty about 10 rounds into him. Think he's I love dead. that part. Love that part yep. actually where they stand over him and just blah, blah, blah. Yep. I'm like, that's what you do in a horror movie. That's what you actually yep. do in a horror movie. You oh, unload my, the guns. I fucking hate yeah. that when like the heroine or the hero gets the killer down and like, dude, fucking Philly stomp, turn his head into hamburger and then go. And yes. Just, what the fuck you're going to do. Yes. And you wouldn't have yeah. uh, the ending. That Welcome. Yeah, exactly. Or if you have like an axe or like a knife or machete, it's like, you know, this is the opportunity to just delimb the person and then they're not going to get up again. Evil dead style. Take take the damn weapon with you, too. I don't care. I don't care how dead he looks. Don't just like drop the knife. Don't drop it. Exactly. Fucking A. There's got to be like a sequel or something to all those movies where like you have the heroine that's in therapy for the rest of their life because they fucking decapitated and murdered. <laughs> like, you never get that. Right, the after the aftermath, the real yeah. aftermath. Imagine I'll, I'll explain to cops that there's 15 dead bodies and this guy that's mincemeat over here was a bad. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I just got a great idea based on this conversation. A 24 hit Tibu up. We need, we need an a 24 style movie where, the premise of the film is, like you said, Tuna, the aftermath, and it's someone going through therapy for having dealt with a horrible situation, and we get all the horror and suspense in flashbacks through telling their therapy. It's a good idea. Mm, could you be. Mean, you mean the the entire town in Halloween Kills when they drop Michael Myers and let's just stop uh, <laughs> gang beating him now? That movie's yeah. a 10 out of 10. 10, 10 out of 10 movie. Parade, parade yep. over to the fucking meat cutter or whatever that thing was. The meat grinder. It was a it was a meat grinder. Halloween ends is a fucking gym. Yeah. Check out Fight. episode whatever number it was last Halloween. <laughs> but anyways, wrapping this movie up here. Lo and behold, guess what? Wesker ain't dead. He gets on the airplane and this time Mila outsmarts him and puts the bomb on his plane and boom, supposedly his dad. You get Luther coming out of the fucking pipes apparently he didn't <laughs> die and then you get right. perfect circle coming back up just bumping and banging that music all those people are released and then mid credit scene my favorite i don't remember what was going on because the outfit that jill valentine was wearing was v- made it very <laughs> difficult to focus on anything oh my i am God. sorry but you get a descent though of helicopters like um uh, like 30 or 40 or 50 helicopters on this fucking boat. This is where I, I'm not going to lie. I did also, I did not like the bomb on Wesker's plane. I, I really just, it irked me almost as much as that little camera. I was like, really? This is it. Okay, fine. I thought fine it was kind of like a little clever plot device that, you know, played in the beginning of the film. It's fine. I don't, I, I don't hate it as much as the, the camera, but what I do like is all these helicopters descending and you're right. Jill Valentine showing up. I was like, God damn. <laughs> I, do like, I do like the zoom out when like the planes are coming and you see all the people on the, you know, on the ship and stuff. I think it looks cool. And then, you know, you kind of see the planes coming in on them. I just it's, like that it, shot. It's got a very Game of Thrones cliffhanger type of feel. I've been I've been on a Game of Thrones kick lately. 
Um, Tuna's been reading the books, and I've been re-watching the series for the second time, and I'm on season seven. Um, yeah. Dope. So dope. Re-loving it all over again. The cliffhanger for this movie gave me vibes. Gave me some. Gave me the feels, I, I, I should say. Boom. That's Resident Evil after not, after, blah, 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 Afterlife. Let's get into final thoughts and ratings oh. here. So... <laughs> I'm going to hashtag follow the science on how I'm going to do this here. Um, Let's go first off with Mike. Final thoughts and ratings on Resident Evil Afterlife. All right. So final thoughts. Um, kind of like, they'll kind of mirror my opening thoughts. Definitely. This is uh, action. At, at its core um it's it's definitely you know a f- even i think as the franchise goes you get further departure from like the story in the video game other than just having characters uh from the lore in the movies uh, i feel like i i should give it a little more charity as far as the action sequences go because I did not know or realize until recording this episode that it was originally intended all to be 3D. So it probably would have looked a lot cooler if I had seen it in the theater initially. And I I still kind of live by the motto that most movies are meant to be seen in the theater in the first place. So uh, I'll I'll give it the charity on that. Um, I let's see how, man, what would my final rating on it be? Let's see um and you guys do it I, for, I for, you could do it however you do want it however you want we typically go out of 10 quarter points you can even do the fucking okay Dave portnoy pizza review fucking bullshit if you want i don't give a shit <laughs> eight All two right. wait two <laughs> yeah so i and, and here's the thing everybody's numbers are different so maybe this number will sound low but i'm gonna say six out of ten but to me six is not a bad it's not That's a bad average, rating yeah it's 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 above average um but to me six is kind of like where uh i i got some enjoyment out of it it's not memorable it's not something i'm going to return to but it's not like it was i couldn't get through it right because that's when you start going lower to average and and below average when i when i struggle to even get through i didn't struggle to get through this i I pretty much from memories of watching the Resident Evil movies, especially like this portion of the franchise, it's about what I expected to get out of Resident Evil seat, like a, a franchise entry. It delivered, like I said, a lot of this is going to come down to preference. Are you an action horror fan? If so, you probably are going to give it a higher rating than me. So I'll sit there with an above average rating of uh, six out of 10. Okay. Uh, Tibu, what do you got, buddy? I'm going to echo Mike a little bit. Um, I was going to come, excuse me. I was going to come in with a five for average, but I'm going to come in a little bit higher than that. And I say that because I'm swerving boss tuna a little bit. Um, I didn't hate this movie by any stretch. This movie's too, it's too ridiculous to hate. Like I've been, I've been showing my hand the whole time. He knows me. I love ridiculous shit. If it's fucking over the top and insane, and there's effort put into it, and there's clearly effort put into this movie. This is not just thrown together and made by novices who don't know what they're doing. And, you know, like th- there's a lot of effort here. What it did for me 
not a whole lot, especially after following the first three. I was kind of let I was very much let down by this movie. This was kind of a massive downturn. I don't remember what I gave part three. I imagine it was at least a seven. You gave at part least. three a nine. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. I'm looking at it right now. Damn. Damn. Well, I was on a high right there. <laughs> this is coming way down then, sir. This is a 5.75. Um, I won't give it a six because it's not a solid movie to me. I will not watch this again by itself. I would not watch this movie alone. If I was watching the series like I'm doing now, I'd watch it. I would never put this on again. It's not memorable. I've seen everything it's got to offer in other movies that have done it better. Um, I'm not trying to shit on it. I know you love it. But then that's I'm, I'm but I'm I'm being honest. It's like I'm not because I know you like this and you chose it, but man, this is the lowest of the low in this series so far. You I pray you make me upset if you if you are trying to fluff those numbers up. So I'm not, no, I'm not. I'm not. Okay, this is a good. this is a this is an average to, to an above average movie because I'm saying the effort put into it is you have to, you have to see it like just watching movies on a regular basis you 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 could tell which movies someone don't give a fuck what they're making and, and some people do and and this movie I, I feel like everyone was they cared about the movie that they were making i just think that they borrowed way too much from too many other things with with no substance to back it up with no substance this is a forgettable entry they could have gotten us to the boat at the beginning of the next movie and everything else, the entire prison siege from the zombies, rip off Dawn of the Dead shit and all the other little ripoffs could have been saved for something later as homages with some other original stuff tied in. I don't know. It, it's just it's not a, it's 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 not something I'd, I'd revisit. So I'm going to give it a five point seven five out of ten. Major drop off then from from part three. I gave it a nine. God damn. Nine, yeah. You and I gave it a nine. Rickles gave it a six, and Jerry Herring what? gave it a four. Well, then let's <laughs> let, let let's let let's do this for yeah, well. Let's do this. Fuck. You know, hashtag he watched it wrong. Uh, let's <laughs> let's do this with the with the first three. What did I give part one? Probably a nine. Had um, had to have been a nine. nine. You gave yeah. part. Uh, two a seven five. That makes sense. That's nine. why I probably thought I gave three a seven, but then I I did like three more than two, and I said that earlier tonight. Yep. So yeah, that that does make sense. And and okay. part four, heavy drop off, heavy drop okay. off, but still enjoyable. An enjoyable watch. I laughed. I enjoyed the the sequences. Wouldn't watch it on its own. Okay, Miss Carly, you're up next. All right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I pretty much said it all. It's not the type of movie that I would flock to, but I did have an enjoyable time watching it. Um, I just, you know, thought it was basic fun. I thought the story was easy to follow for what it was. I don't feel like, like, I don't, it, it really does kind of feel like just like a move things along type of movie. I don't feel like it does too much for the plot, kind of like Travis said, I feel like, they were just trying to give you this big action-packed craziness, and they weren't putting too much effort into the plot. Um, but 
And yeah, I didn't know it was in 3D. So that definitely kind of, you know, probably would have changed my thoughts going into it when viewing it. But as viewing it, I thought, like I said, I thought everything kind of looked cheap and just off-putting and stuff like that. So that kind of hindered it a little bit. But, you know, knowing that now, it's like I kind of can have a little bit more respect for it. But overall, I mean, this is one that I would never... I really wouldn't watch this again unless I was literally marathoning the Resident Evil films, which I probably wouldn't really do that because it's not really my favorite <laughs> franchise. So, so in other words, I'll never watch it. It's just I'm not going to put on Resident Evil 4. Like I would put on Friday the 13th Part 4, but yeah. this isn't a fran- you know, this ain't a franchise where I'm going to put on a random sequel for fun. Um so with that all being said, I mean, I would probably, because I didn't think it was a bad film at all. I thought it was watchable. I wasn't miserable. I thought I was going to be miserable watching this. I'm not going to lie. When I agreed to do it, I was like, how do I get out of doing this? I don't want to do it. Um, but I had fun. And I'll I'll give it a six out of 10 to okay. like, stay in that range. Perfect. Your co-host is coming in the lowest. <laughs> So about what I expected, to be honest, and I am cheating. I'm breaking all the rules. I'm not being an objective, you know, film reviewer per se, because I am taking into account the fact that there's a lot of nostalgia tied to this entire series. I like this entire series. I am cheating in that I am rating this not necessarily on its own merits, but I'm taking into account. It's got a very linear storyline and a plot. You're going from point a in the first film to point b in the final chapter and i feel like to me this one if i'm you know really kind of playing the cons on this i thought some of the cgi was poor in certain spots i hated the the wire work i mean yeah it's cool the practical effects are trying to do with the wire work and mila doing all the thing but like some of it drove me nuts This just has a lot of like iconic scenes. When I think about Resident Evil, one of the things I think about is the, you know, the Axeman as he's billed as. I thought that was super cool. And there's a lot of, you know, unique touches that's put into this as far as the weaponry. I feel like this, though, is is like Uwe Boll's wet dream. This is what he hoped he could have made when he did like House of the Dead and Blood Rain and all that other stuff. It's high budget. It's action packed. The entertainment value is there. Uh, I feel like it did flesh out certain character motives and it did push the story along as far as, you know, leaving the desert. They built up Arcadia. You figured out what Arcadia is. You are now moving on to supposing that Wesker's dead. What's the next chapter going to be? Hashtag the final chapter coming up next. But I loved it. No. I I thought, yeah, it's or I mean, retribution is next, uh, and then the final chapter. But I I did like the action scenes. And and if we're going way back, my all time, I don't know, I'll say all time favorite, but the first type of genre I got into were action movies. Those Chuck Norris, Bruce Lee, um, I mean those those you know, beat 'em up Jean Claude Van Damme, Lionheart, best movie of all time. So I've got a soft spot in my heart for action or action as well. So even though this one, he's got a tattoo of Steven Seagal. He's got a tattoo, a tramp stamp of Steven Seagal's face. Wait, are you taking, are you taking Lionheart over blood sport? 
Yeah, I'm taking Lionheart over Bloodsport. I've never seen either. Oh, Bloodsport's a fucking G, but Lionheart is like, I watched that movie too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Never seen that one either. Yep. Oh, man, I could go out. Anyways, but I I really did like this one. This one is almost where I'm at with the last one. I feel like for a fourth one in the franchise, it brings a heat. Boss Tuna's coming in at an 8.75 out of 10. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> Mike, 6 out of 10. Tibu, 5.75. Carly, 6. Boss Tuna, 8.75. That average, if you carry the one, multiply that. That Yeah, that's about a 10. That's about a 10. It's a 10 out of 10. Whoa, 10 out of 10 for four. Whoa. If that the math checks math. out, that was very quick math. You're very, you're very intelligent. Yeah, he's yeah, a mathematician. A you didn't know. Yep. Yeah. Stephen Hawking, blow your or well, uh, eat your heart out, blow your dick <laughs> off, whatever. I don't know <laughs> something like that. So stay tuned because we are going to have a couple special guests coming up reviewing the next film in the franchise, which is Retribution. Make sure you guys check out our special guest stuff. Uh, Carly, why don't you let the guys and gals know where they can find you, your podcast you've been on, any projects you're coming on, pimp your, as Duncan would say, pimp, pimp your wares. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that was, that was good. Um, yeah, I mean, you can find me slumber party massacre podcast. That's my main one. It's a monthly show under the cut to the chase feed uh we had my mr merriman was actually on an episode recently so definitely check that out um we have a lot of fun doing that um i also agreed to join this other show called shitty shark show podcast uh that my friend madeline deering who is actually a director of bathtub shark attack um host along with uh another um cast member of that named Keith and uh, another fellow named Donovan um, where we review shark movies and I'm not a big fan of shark movies but I was just like yeah I'll do that it's a monthly show um, but uh, yeah so you know check that out. I'm actually not even I- I'm so bad I don't even know where to find that one it's probably anywhere you can find podcasts but it's out there it just just google what you'll find it or look on my Facebook because I think I was just tagged in the recent episode today um but yeah, um, as far as acting, Bathtub Shark Attack, that uh is that's a movie that's um out. Uh it's it's getting like limited releases and stuff right now. Uh Madeline just got like, you know, limited DVDs made uh to sell at conventions, and then uh she's gonna get more as time goes on. So, you know, I'll pimp that on my Facebook page and yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. Like other movies I've done are kind of still in the works. So Candy Cane. Candy Cane. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> that's a little sneak sneak peek to you right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, bud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bud. Mike Merriman, where can we find you? What's your address, your phone number, your social security <laughs> number? I mean Never mind. Wait, where's my pen and paper? You can put them. Yeah, those those will go on the show notes. Oh, show notes. Yeah, check the show notes. Uh, Before I pimp myself, Carly, when you when you said the name of the show, I so thought you were going to say Donna Nelly either made the show or was going to be one of the 
<laughs> but anyways, uh, you would think, uh, the, yeah, yeah, really. Uh, no more room in hell is the main show. You can find it on Dark Discussions Network or the YouTube channel, which is No More Room in Hell podcast because it, all of, all the shows we do under that banner now can be found on there. Uh, that's the main show. We try to do it twice a month, but you know sometimes scheduling snafus come up. And then the 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 reliable one that gets released every week is Fresh Cuts, where we we uh, discuss uh, recently recent release in horror we try to do a movie that actually released the week that we record it um but sometimes pickings are slim or just whatever release that week doesn't look uh very conversation worthy so we'll we'll try to uh expand a little but all that can be found on the youtube channel uh and dark discussions network there's some other shows on there because uh my co-hosts have like branched out to do like their shows too but i i told them i'd throw everything on the youtube channel so uh if if that if any of that sounds interesting bruise on over there and then check them out and uh that's about it for me very nice travis maxwell boone make sure you check out the nightclub that is his baby breastfeed with that hairy nipple and everything yeah we've got uh we've got a lot of stuff coming up uh we're we're currently um ambassadors for the inaugural cabin in the woods film festival uh join the discord find the fuck out what that's about write a short story setting a cabin in the woods you could win a free pass to this first ever film festival uh virtual pass to see a bunch of indie horror films um nightclubs got that going on i was teasing that candy cane because we're trying to get carla to come on for uh joyride we'll see when that happens hopefully Hopefully around Halloween, I would like to do that around uh, our Halloween Havoc. We do that every year. We do a month-long horror celebration, and Jar Ride's one of my all-time favorites, and I think it's one of hers, too. It might be. (laughs) It might be. (laughs) Y'all can find Um, out. So, yeah, we got that going on, and I I just wanted to say this before I close it out. No one ever says the name of that, that podcast network correctly. I've said this before, and I must say it again. It's the Doc Discussions Podcast Network. Doc, <laughs> all right. Oh, it's Eldritch Horrors from Beyond the Stars. <laughs> can't I can't do a oh. Boston accent or wherever the hell Phil's from. Um, but yeah, New Doc Hampshire, Discussion, right? New Hampshire. Yeah, My, same thing. They're all the same. New all those Hampshire. states up there. Um, yeah, <laughs> we we try to have fun over on nightclub. Thank you for letting me pimp that shit, sir. Uh, yeah. Nightclub. Woo! All right. With that, for Travis Maxwell Boone, for Mike Merriman, for Danny Torrance, and for Carly, (laughs) I am Boss Tuna, and I hope it was as good for you as it was for us. Boom. Boom, Mrs. Torrance. That was incredible. Is it good for you? (laughs) I've had better.
Like a breaker of stones, falling crush in my bones, in the meat of my brain. 